For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Yes, just last year, the Fed tried the quantitative easing with $2 trillion. Did it create a job? No. Did it help the housing market? Not at all. Did it help anybody at all? Yes, it helped the Goldman Sachs. How much of the money are they printing now? $600 billion. So even though the first $2 trillion did not create the jobs or improve the housing market, the Fed decided to do another $600 billion anyway? Yes. Who put the Ben Bernanke in charge? The Ben Bernanke was first appointed by the President Bush, then he was reappointed by the President Obama. But wasn't the President Obama supposed to bring the change? Yes. How is putting in charge the same fool who has been wrong about everything, the change? Well, under the President Bush, the Ben Bernanke only blew up the American economy. Under the President Obama, he is working on blowing up the entire global economy. That does not sound like the change we can believe in. Definitely not. Who else supports the Ben Bernanke? Most economists around the world think the quantitative easing is very dangerous. Does anyone think it is a good idea? Yes, the people at the Goldman Sachs. Is this some kind of nightmare? No, it is very real. I want to bang my head against the wall. You should not do that. Why not? Because the health care is too expensive. But didn't the President Obama fix that? No, but that is the subject of a whole other video. Goodbye. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children once at home, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence. Donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 316-619-4886. Few things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Darn what other 
Good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Friday, May 6th, 2016, and it's about seven minutes after noon Pacific time. If that's when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live. And being live, that means you can participate in the show by going to theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. That is our website, and you can uh, get on in there, and uh, you'll see the chat link. And uh, when you do, you click on it, pick a name, pick a password, get in there. You can socialize with the other folks in there, and you can ask questions, you can make comments, you can do all that good stuff. So, that's one way. You can also call in 800-932-1980. 800-932-1980, that is toll-free, and it will get you on the air. Yes, even Jeff from CenturyLink got on the air. (laughs) Not long, but just a little bit there. Anyhow, um... Yahoo Instant Messenger. My screen name is AVRN Talk. That's the screen name for the messenger there. So, anyway, that's all the way. Well, actually, when you get to the website, you will see the the email. You can use that, too. We have email, which you can uh, communicate in that manner, too. That's not going to get you participating in the show. Because generally speaking, I don't check the uh, email during the show. I mean, that's not to say I never, ever have, but uh, not very often. So if you want something on the show, you know, a comment or something, or a topic, hey, feel free to uh, introduce a topic or a story, something going on where you live that maybe didn't make the national news, you know? Um, so anyway, let's get to, uh, I guess some, uh, a tiny bit of housekeeping because it's really easy today. Uh, everything is back to, uh, working order. All the streams are back. 
we had a couple of different things happen here. Um, the internet was having a problem, and uh, I was told, well, it's a uh, a card in a box somewhere down near here, and they fixed it. So the internet outages uh, seem to be over. That's one thing. Then at the, uh, well, the same day, well, a little after that, a couple of streams, the uh, company just seemed to flake out, disappear, go away. You know, they don't, eh, non-responsive, don't work. So, you know, I had to get a couple of new ones. So if you have, oh, gosh, which ones are they? They're, I think, uh, yeah, this one here, the, uh, which one is that? The 16K, if you have the 16K, like saved in one of your players, you're going to have to go to the website, get the new address, and resave it. Okay, because the, the, the address for it has been changed. Now, if you're just going to use the players on the website, you don't have to do anything. They will they have all been updated, and they all work, and all that. And the uh, another one is the 56K AVR1. Both of them are AVR1. <clears throat> Again, if you have it saved in your player, you'll have to go to the website, get the new address, resave it. Okay, and again, if you use the players, it doesn't matter. You don't have to do anything; it's already done. And the 24K, same deal. Okay, because now the 24K was a day later. Now, one thing you've got to understand about some of these companies. It's the same with web hosting companies, folks. You might go to one that's branded Super Super Streamer, uh, and then go to another one Super Duper Streamer, and then go to another one Galaxy Streamer, and you go, "Ooh, okay, three different streaming companies." Well, no, not really. I mean, yeah, basically, there's three different people selling you streaming, but they're buying from the same reseller, okay? You can go and buy a block of, uh, you know, what do you call it, bandwidth, and then you can resell it. You can, you too can become a, uh, you know, a streaming service. Now, it is up to you to maintain your own thing, but the backbone is all one company. Just like with uh, web hosting companies, EIG is the name of the company. And uh, most of the uh, hosting companies now out there, web hosting companies, are EIG companies. And they're not all in the same backbone. They're not all in the same. They are uh, moving their stuff, you know, consolidating it. But they do the same thing. They just brand, they bought all these brands that used to be. Now, the difference with streaming is these streaming companies were never independent, okay? They're always just been branded, you know, same, same backbone companies. But the web hosting companies actually used to be independent, separate entities. But then EIG went out there and bought up everything. And then they kept the brands, 
And they haven't really been honest about telling people, you know, oh, that's us. Oh, yeah, that's us, too. You've got to go and look, and when you see the list, you'll go, holy smokes. And they're adding new ones all the time. It's not that easy to find, a, you know, a web hosting company uh, that is an EIG. I, got, I did, and that's how I know it's not that easy. It can be done, though. It's not impossible by any stretch, but, uh, you know... I uh, I did, because I have one EIG company uh, that wasn't when I signed up. I just quit one that wasn't when I signed up. And, and they to be fair, though, you know, every one of these brands does have local management that is, of course, controlled by corporate, but they have some leeway, like how they treat their employees and all that. And basically, folks, how, how a company treats their employees is going to affect your experience with that company. Because if you're dealing with a company that has unhappy, disinterested, underpaid employees, they're not going to do that great of a job for you. All right? And uh, it's a sad thing, and I'll name them, because I started with a company called PowWeb way, way back when they were in California as an independent company. And they were pretty good. You know, nothing's, nobody's perfect, but they were pretty good. And then um, they sold out to EIG and started turning to crap. My experience with PowWeb in the recent couple of years has been nothing but garbage. They're liars, they're frauds, okay? That's been my experience. Oh, I'm not afraid to say that because you want to go ahead and sue me. We'll go to court and we'll see how a jury feels about it because uh, let me explain what happened and uh, we'll see how a jury thinks about if that's fraud or not because you can say, well, my lawyer said that we can... We can say this, and we can say that, and it's a-okay. Well, let's see what a jury has to say about that. Because, really, what do you, what do you feel unlimited is? I mean, companies have been allowed, folks. And this is not, and again, now I'm going to shift the blame here. Away, a little bit away from companies, because you know what? It, it is your responsibility. Just because somebody else tells you, yeah, it's okay to go ahead and lie. Well, you ought to know better and say, well, yeah, it might be okay to lie, but I, I, I can't lie. I don't want to lie. That's not right. Something's wrong with lying to everybody to get part them with their money. I just think that's wrong. So I'm not going to do it, right? But these companies don't, right? They the, the government says, oh, no, it's okay to lie. So they go ahead and lie. So being a corporate entity, we can, oh, well, you know, they, uh, they have no morality. They have no conscience. They're a corporation. Well, you know, let's never forget, folks. We can say that. But the CEO and the board of directors are people. They make the decisions for that company. And if those decisions are amoral, dishonest, fraudulent, 
And then they go, oh, well, you know, the corporation is, oh, no, 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 it's those people making the decisions. The corporation doesn't make any decisions. The people who run the corporation make the decisions. You see, I, if I was, you know, if I was dictator, because even if I was president, I'd never be able to do this. But if I was dictator, I would say, okay, hey, guess what, everybody? Here's the new deal. Yeah, Frank's New Deal. Every corporation in America is dissolved. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Dissolved. Now, you can stay in business. You can continue to be a company. You just can't be a corporation. Hey, you know what? You can even have investors if you want. But guess what? Every last one of you dirtbags making decisions is going to be held personally liable for any damage you do to people. That's right. Just like when I'm driving my car down the road or I do anything else, I'm held personally responsible for anything I do. You're going to be held personally responsible for the decisions you make that harm other people. Oh, yeah, you can you can sit there and listen to your little stockholders going, pay us, pay us, pay us, because we're lazy bastards that sit behind laptops and never do a damn thing for anybody except cash checks. Pay us, pay us, pay us. Yeah, and you can listen to them, but if you put people's safety behind that, you're going to jail. We're seizing your house. Yeah, what do you think of that? And people can argue all they want, go, oh, boy, I mean, just, that's just not right. Why? Why should these CEOs not be held responsible for decisions they make that injure people? Like everything else on this planet, it's been taken to the, to the extreme to where it's no longer a good idea, like unions. Okay, look, I get it. Unions was a good idea. When they first did it, look, hey, these businesses are taking advantage of us. They're treating us like slaves. We got to band together so we have some bargaining power. I get that. But now look at the unions. Oh, well, what are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm standing here waiting. Waiting for what? Waiting for the time when I need to jump into action with my shovel. Because, see, I'm a shovel operator. I'm a union shovel operator. And uh, I'm sorry, I can't touch that rake because that guy over there is our union rake operator. And I got to stand here and watch him rake. And then he's got to stand there and watch me shovel. And no, we cannot, uh, you know, work together or anything to get this done. Uh uh. Oh, and I need a retirement package at uh, you know that nets me more money than I actually make working. I need a medical package. Yeah, I. You know what? That's a little beyond bargaining for fair wages. I think everybody's entitled to fair wages, a livable wage. I mean, I, I honestly do think. You know, and this is basically um, straight out of the fantasy um, communist architecture, okay, where everybody who goes to work gets paid. Now, I don't suggest everybody should get paid the same, 
Because obviously there are jobs that are more valuable than other jobs. But we have that completely upside down. When a guy who is actually making something makes less money than some egghead in a suit pushing paper around, running his trap all day long, uh, when he makes more money than the guy actually producing something, that's not right. That's upside down. Paper pushers should be the bottom of the line. You work behind a desk, guess what? You make the least amount of money because really you do the least amount of anything. You have the least value. We could do without your paperwork. And that goes for even the guy who's putting gasoline in your car. See, he's doing something. He's taking gasoline and putting it in your car. Yeah, and you could get out and do it yourself, and like they do in a lot of states. But my point is, if you do anything, any kind of service, you go out and wash people's windows, you fix people's roofs, you do their plumbing. You know what? That's more valuable than somebody sitting behind a desk pushing around paper all day long. But we've got that absolutely backwards in this country. The paper pushers are the millionaires. The guys out there making a living can barely make a living. It's all been taken perverted, is what it is. Unions, same thing. That would be one thing, man, but it ain't going to happen. So, I mean, it wouldn't even happen, I mean, really, honestly. Like I said, if I was if I was dictator, then yeah, that would happen. But anything short of a dictator, that ain't going to happen. Because even the president can't write it. Okay, I'm dissolving all the corporations. Can you imagine? Because, for one thing, corporations are created by states, not the federal government other than maybe uh, the post office, you know, they're a federal corporation. And they do have some federal corporations, like the United States. Yeah, a corporation. You know, that's the thing. I mean, when you look at your, oh, well, we're here, Medford, Oregon, an incorporated city. Oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. We all go by that, and we don't think about it. But what does that mean? That means they're a corporation, man. If you're incorporated, you're, you're a corporation. Oh, but we like to call it municipalities and cities and all that stuff. But what it is is a corporation, a corporate entity. They need to go away. See, this is why the you wonder why. Well, why aren't these politicians, how come they're never going to jail? Oh, yeah, once in a while they'll throw somebody to the wolves like uh, Hassard or somebody like that. But why aren't they going to jail? Well, they're not going to jail for the same reason the guys at Goldman Sachs aren't going to jail. They're hiding behind the corporate veil. That's why. It's that simple, okay? We can talk about corruption in courts and everything else, and but what it comes down to is they are hiding behind a corporate veil. How come these cops aren't going to prison for murdering people? Because they're hiding behind the corporate veil. I'm an agent for the corporation, and, uh, you know, uh, 
I'm immune. I was following policy. Oh, really? Well, let me tell you something, folks. This is something that is not easy to do because they don't like to give it up. But you can get it if you try hard enough and long enough. Whatever police departments or law enforcement that you deal with, you know, the most, or have, you know, the most uh, chance of dealing with, you should take a trip down to their, you know, office or whatever they have and request their policy manual. Now, they're going to say, well, we're going to have to pay for that. Well, okay. They're going to make you pay for it, and they might make you pay, you know, a dollar a page. I mean, sometimes they're outrageous about it. So be prepared to shell out some money. But once you agree, sure, okay, fine, I'll pay for it. Then the excuses will start. Well, you know, well, you know, I don't, ah, we can't. You might have to sue them. Years and years ago, we did this. Me and another guy down here in Medford. And it was really his thing because he had a problem with them. And he came across this uh, idea. And uh, we went down there and we figured, okay, we didn't have any idea it was going to be so much trouble. And we just said, hey, uh, well, you know, he did most of the talking because this was his deal. And uh, tried to get it. They refused. We had to go, we had to, go to the mayor's office. And explain the situation. Twice. Because then we came back down and said, look, we were just up at the mayor's office. And they said, blah, blah, blah. And well, we're not going to, you know, we're not doing it. And then we went back and said, we're going to need something in writing. So, there you go. We finally, he finally got it. And he had to pay like, and this was, I don't know, 20 years ago. He had to pay like $25 for the thing. And it wasn't that big. So be prepared. Now, why would you want the policy manual for your law enforcement in the area? Because, folks, here's the thing. What the courts have decided, I think is bogus, but what the courts have decided is this. That if an officer, deputy, whatever you call him where you live, does whatever he does, and it's within the department's policy, he cannot be held personally responsible. Because I was just following orders. And the courts have said, yeah, that's okay here in America for the Gestapo to just say, I was just following orders, but not, not for the Nazis. No, 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 no. Because you see, we're the victor, and we're allowed to do this. They're not. You're, you lost. We won. You're going to be punished for the same things we do here. So, you have to go through the policy. And if they do deviate from the policy and, now there's two elements, because you figure, hey, if a cop injures me or damages my property, I have a claim against him, right? Him, personally. You did it. I'm holding you responsible, right? You injured me, you damaged my property, and you are somehow personally responsible. But that ain't the case. I wonder if you guys are hearing that. 
Well, anyway, I mean, I was hearing something in my headset that maybe you guys are hearing. Then again, maybe not, because I don't see any lights going on for it. So it's probably just coming out of this crappy little speaker I got here. But the point is, you have to be injured, there has to be a damage, and he had to have been acting outside policy. Now, he is personally liable. See, that's the thing. Everybody goes around going, well, I'm injured, this is damaged, and I'm suing you. And they go ahead and do it and lose. Nope. 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 And everybody thinks, well, they're corrupt, they're this, they're that, the other thing, and they are. But, you know, that's not the reason that, that this happened. It happened because they got a certain way of it, and that's it. Now, you might say, well, yeah, but they can put anything in that policy manual. And uh, they can. And this is part of the reason they don't like to give out their policy manuals, because they've got things in their policy manual that if the general population knew about it, they wouldn't be pleased at all. They'd say, wait a minute, what do you mean this is part of your policy? <laughs> so, you want to give some uh, local officials some heartburn? Go get their law enforcement uh, policy manual for whoever your law enforcement is around. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a bit.
inspired you a little bit, didn't it? your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere 
with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is still Friday, May 6, 2016. And uh, it's about 1242 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. Uh, anyway, 800-932-1980 or theamericanvoice.com, americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the chat link. Uh, it's over there. Uh, go in there, participate, uh, socialize with the other folks. You don't have to ask a question or anyway. Anyhow, all right. Okay, I'm going to do my own little lightning round here. We don't have a lot of time, and i got a lot of stories, things that you might be interested in. Mitt Romney is running his stinking cesspool mouth, corporate raider, Mormon lunatic, magic underwear wearing, uh, I'm flying off to collab, yeah, to have celestial sex for eternity. Yeah, that this is this is Mitt Romney, okay? He he's not only a big time Mormon politician, he is also an elder in the LDS church. Okay? Let's not forget that. They don't like to talk about their religion because, well, if they did, everybody would recognize it as some bad sci-fi story. But he refuses. He will not support Donald Trump, okay? But you know who he is supporting? Yeah, Ryan. That's right. Ryan. Listen, here's a call out to you folks in Wisconsin. You really need to get rid of Paul Ryan, you need to do the same thing they did to Cantor in Virginia and get rid of him. He is an open borders guy. How's things going in Wisconsin? You guys losing a lot of jobs? That's what I hear. That's what I read. You know why? Oh, well, let's not talk about why. Paul Ryan needs to go. He is not, well, I guess he is a Republican because I guess that's what Republicans are now, actually Democrats in better suits. Okay? Now, here's uh, Judge Jeannie. I don't even know who she is, okay? But I guess she's some television judge or something. But she says that uh, Hillary Clinton should be in jail. So if you know who Judge Jeannie is, you know, uh, I don't know who she is, but I think she's right. And if her being a judge makes any difference to anybody, well... You know, uh, come on, let's all say it together. Come on, one, two, three, Hillary should be in jail, okay? Let's let's just keep that mantra going, Hillary should go to jail. It's obvious, folks, if you did even a 1% of what she's done in just the last few years, you'd be in jail. To forget the, her life's work of criminality, 40 years of criminality, okay? Just the last few years, you'd be in a penitentiary right now. Now, here's something, and, and this story is just about Pennsylvania, but I have suspicions that it's probably not just going on in Pennsylvania, although this story is specifically about Pennsylvania. Your personal information and driving record is being sold by the state of Pennsylvania, and officials say they don't know what's being done with the data. NBC10 investigative reporter Mitch Bletcher asks, why is this happening? The information on your driver's license is a gold mine, and Pennsylvania is cashing in. 
The NBC10 investigators found the state has earned more than $157 million since 2010 selling driver records. An NBC10 analysis of the more than 32,000 private companies and government agencies which PennDOT sold driver information traced it to every state in the country. The companies include credit agencies, insurance companies, and car dealerships. The information PennDOT sold includes names, addresses, driving histories, on and on it goes. Well, folks, whatever they record into your driving record is being sold. Like I said, this is just talking about Pennsylvania because somebody there actually did an investigative report. But I suspect that probably if there's money to be made, every state is doing it. Now, here's this Nazi Merkel, or is she a communist? Gee, I, I, it's so hard to, to remember. But you do know she was in East Germany, right? You, know, you do realize Merkel is East German, communist, right? You get that, right? You knew that, right? Maybe not. But, yes, this is the truth. Now, remember how she was all about letting Muslims in to rape the German women? Yeah, oh, it's fine, oh, it's great, oh, let the Turkish in here, oh, yeah, it's no, 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 we got to get along, we're one big happy world, right? Merkel reverses course, now wants to protect German borders from immigrants. Oh, is she seeing her little job go away? She's a lion, you know what, and I've got really bad things to say about this woman here, almost as bad as Hillary Clinton. Okay, this is Hillary Clinton with a Nazi accent. All right? Really? That's what Merkel is. With her country's political landscape shifting significantly before Angela Merkel has now put her political hat in order to survive politically in Germany. Yes, it isn't about doing what's right for the people. It's about keeping her stinking job. And if the German people are stupid enough to fall for this, then they deserve whatever they get. Next chance you get, you need to get rid of Merkel and put her in a cell somewhere and get yourself someone who will protect your country. And they call it nationalism. Angela Merkel is urging European leaders to protect the EU's external borders or risk a return to nationalism. Merkel said the freedom of movement in Europe is at stake as it deals with the worst migration crisis since World War II. Yeah, funny thing is, it wasn't too long ago that Merkel was vehemently defending her open borders policy, saying, I am in favor of showing a friendly face of Germany. This is my open arms policy. I got an open arms policy, too. Of course... It involves firearms. How about this? All you folks that like to go to the hospital, like to go see your doctor. Ooh, believe your doctor. Listen to your doctor. Get them drugs. Get those tests. Get those procedures, right? Okay. Well, medical error is the third leading cause of death. You know how many people die? And this is not from, this is the reported... Medical errors. 
250,000 people die every year here in America from medical error. After heart disease, which, you know, gee, how many years have they been? Oh, wait, isn't there a billion-dollar industry out there? The, uh, what is it called, the American Heart Association? Yeah, how many billions of dollars have they raked in? And yet, huh, we still have heart disease. How did that happen? How come, I thought money is the cure for all things. How come this didn't, uh, how come this is still around? Oh, and then cancer. Gee, the cancer, uh, you know, all these cancer, there, there's tons of them too. They've been raking in billions of dollars also. And what has happened? Okay, so cancer's not cured. Has it at least gone down? No. As a matter of fact, it has skyrocketed. It has exploded. There is more people getting cancer, more cancers now than ever before in history. And yet, these cancer associations and businesses are all around the world breaking in billions of dollars telling you they're working on a cure. Yeah, right. So how's that working out, man? Oh, oh, so things have exploded rather than went the other way? Yeah, all this money's really working out. What another failed policy, huh? Well, the only thing that kills more people than heart disease and cancer is medical errors. Yeah. If bungles and safety lapses in the hospital were accounted for as deaths from disease and injury are, they would be the third most common cause of death in the United States, leading to more fatalities than respiratory disease. Hmm. Gee. Does that give you confidence to go ask your doctor? Huh? Yeah, ask your doctor about that. Hey, doc, uh, before you touch me, uh, I just would like to ask you, how many people have you killed this month? Well, really, I mean, that's a fair question. You are the third leading cause of death in the country, so uh, how many people have you killed this month? You know, before I let you do any procedures on me or any testing on me, uh, how many people have you killed? Now, here's something that is happening and also speaks to our elections. Now, you know, you know the policy, what the policy's been. Run around the world, kill everybody who doesn't want to go along with our monetary system, kill everybody who doesn't want to go along with our uh, whatever we want. Okay, that's our thing. Oh, yeah, and kill anybody who maybe wants to, I don't know, associate with somebody that we don't want them to. Well, Donald Trump has said that, you know, he is going to bring most of our troops home. He's going to seek a more friendly relationship with Russia. And why shouldn't we have a friendly relationship with Russia? Why doesn't the United States government want Americans to be friendly with Russia? I'll tell you why. Because Russia proper is mostly white. They don't want that, folks. They don't want that at all. See, Russia and the United people of the United States have a shared culture. And they don't want you knowing that. 
They want to drive a wedge in there and say, no, 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 they're communists. Uh, they're this, they're that, they're that, they're this. They're aggressors. Aggressive, they're aggressors? <laughs> you know, I mean, really? This is like Ted Cruz calling Donald Trump a liar. Really? You calling somebody a liar? The United States government calling somebody else an aggressor? Really? Well, here's something. NATO is deploying troops, armor, artillery, the whole shebang to the Russian border. Meanwhile, they're calling Russia the aggressor. Wow. The Supreme Court just made it easier for the FBI to hack your computer. Yep. That's right. Uh, let's see. So the only hope left is Congress. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, if that's our hope. Now, here's something. New World Order warns of terrible news for America and the world. Donald Trump is the New World Order's enemy number one. False flag warning into 2007 as the New World Order panics. In a recent speech at an event for the European Forum for New Ideas, former U.S. National Security Advisors uh, Zygmunt Brzezinski, uh, Brzezinski expressed that populist activism and the resistance movement were hindering the elite's march towards a new world order. Now, remember I told you about Mitt Romney? Mitt Romney also, I didn't read the article because we don't have a lot of time, but he mentioned populist activism is a bad thing. Populist activism is a bad thing. That's when the people get together and say, hey, we don't want to do what you want to do. We want to do what we want to do, and we want you to do what we want you to do. Oh, that's a bad thing for Mitt Romney. Oh, and the New World Order, apparently. Now, uh, here's, the, uh, here's something, and I don't know if this has affected, you know, if this was part of what was going on here or not, but... Uh, uh, late last night, A&P received an interesting email informing us that Verizon was down in no less than 17 states and that a Verizon tech had told the reader it was a prepaid phones only. But what we found when we started to research these outages is beyond bizarre. We found that it's not just Verizon, nor just prepaid cell phones, but AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile also received significant amounts of reports, and in looking at the outage maps over at Down Detector, each service provider suffered outages which were heavily concentrated in the exact same pockets of America, from coast to coast. Screenshots of the uh, four outage maps below uh, were taken this morning at approximately 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, so let's see here. Who's this? Uh, Verizon. Big, big outage on the East Coast. Uh, some in Texas, California, uh, Midwest a little bit. Same thing with uh, Sprint. Almost identical. And up in Washington also. Uh, you know, Seattle and Portland. 
Uh, AT&T, same exact thing. And uh, T-Mobile, same exact thing. So, folks, what's going on? I don't know. Are they installing some control mechanisms in there that are disrupting the service? Hmm. Another headline, the elite do not go down without a fight. We will see a false flag. Will we see a false flag event to try to stop Trump? Well, maybe. And this goes on and, and explains the whole cruise thing. Um, you know, <laughs> year after year, y'all are used to being treated by Republicans like an ATM to take your money and spend it in other states. Cruz told 500 party activists, that means delegates. Uh, and party leaders. Well, I can tell you right now, we're going to spend more money in California than we raise in California. Huh. That's pretty much, what is he, the federal government or something? All right, I'm not going to even do that one because, you know, who cares about lobbyists? Now, here's something, and this, I guess, will be where we end the show on a Kind of a not a happy note, but guess what? Foreign-born employment in the United States is still at 25,460,000. million foreigners are working in this country, while 92 million... Americans of working age have no jobs. Is there something wrong with that? Yeah, there is something wrong with that. A lot wrong with that. Big things wrong with that. Almost everything wrong with that. Anyway, there you have it, folks. Uh, I got to go now because uh, financial survival is coming up next. We've got good stuff after that, too. This show will be replayed at 8 p.m. this evening. And I'll see you again Monday. And, uh, you know, tune in all weekend. We'll, um, we've got great documentaries. And uh, Sunday we have uh, great shows on. And so, uh, hey, don't forget to tune in Saturday morning, 8 a.m. Uh, Pacific time for uh, Govern America on AVR2 or the satellite. Anyway, thanks for listening. My new neighbor don't like my big red barn A 47 Ford bullet holes in the door Broke down motor in the front yard <laughs> I gotta have a mind to paint a plywood Trying to nail it up on a knotted pine tree Saying I was here first This is my piece of dirt And your rambling don't rattle American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. 
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you are listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Addis, to bring you our opinion and coffee and commentary on today's economic and political events for Friday, May 6th, 2016. Good afternoon, Al. Hi, Melody. You know, while we were listening to the music and stuff, I saw the big headline. I pretty much knew he was going to be uh, elected, but the first Muslim mayor of a Western capital has been elected. London. And I was listening to some of this guy's uh, background, and it truly is incredible. It is amazing. You know, we talk all the time about it being a, a, a spiritual warfare, spiritual battle, mm-hmm. you know, just not here in the States, but here all around oh, the it world. Oh, it is here. And I'll tell you what. Most people just don't get it, that's all. Well, it's everywhere. It's just not, yeah. he, it's just not here in the States. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's a world, global. And this guy, first Muslim mayor, and I, and I was listening to some of his the reports on him as far as, uh, you know, his background, his history, his views, his thoughts uh, uh, on Sharia law and everything. I mean, this guy, he hangs with some of the, the, the toughest uh um, terrorists, the people that are viewed as terrorists, and so forth, and uh, it's really amazing. It's really it is, is astonishing. It is. You look at the English people, and you sit back and say, "What the heck happened to you?" And what happened to them is they have trusted leaders and positions of power who have worked steadily to undermine their country until, I don't know, I think the Beatles had the song "England Isn't England" anymore, and that was a long time ago. But uh, it's becoming you know, you're not going to be English. It isn't going to be an English country at some point in the future, maybe 20 years, I don't know, 10, uh, 20 max, and England will not even be an English country. 
It would be Muslim. I saw a report from someone that the Swedes, they're already gone. They're gone. And he's complaining that if England doesn't straighten up, suddenly they're gone within five, ten years. They will cease to be an English country. They will become a Muslim country. This is it's crazy. It's it, insane. It's one of these things like, my gosh, how can people be so stupid? And I'm not just talking you know, about them. I'm talking about us. You know, Al, you know, we, we talk about sleeper cells. This is what this is almost the thing is like a sleeper cell. People are asleep. Well, and I mentioned this, what, a couple of weeks ago? It's not ISIS that you have to be afraid of. Yes, they're there. They're killing and blah, blah, blah. They're the distraction. What you have to be fearful of, what you have to be aware of, is what exactly is happening in London. They're electing their first Muslim mayor. They're, you're going to have the, 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 these, these Sharia law uh, Muslim believers coming up into the ranks of our government, yep. quietly, yeah, very no. quietly. Well, we've, you know, they've elected their first Muslim mayor of, of England. A lot of people think we've elected our first Muslim president, president. here in the United States. Well, look at Val- look at Valerie. You know, I mean, you know, they're they're there, and uh, and that's that was the danger. So the, the, the politicians are the sleeping cells. It's not the yeah, radical yeah, terrorists. Right. It's the, these, the the political movement within the Muslims. That's the sleeper cells. So uh, this is just, and you know, when I was in London a couple of years ago, talking to the people and, you know, the, the guides and so forth, they, from what I gathered at that point in time, they were all very well aware of the immigration of, of, of the Muslims. They didn't like it. Yeah. But they're, but then, but they're voting for them. politicians get away with it. Yep, but they're voting for them. Or keep is it just another? What, what needs to be done is you need at least some pots with hot tar and a couple of bags full of feathers for these people. Or is it just the the, the elections are just so rigged that even I don't care how they're rigged. London I don't care who gets get into office. There. They need to understand that they're going to represent the rank and file people of the country that elected them. And if they're going into office, I don't care if the elections are rigged, unrigged, whatever, here's the deal. You betray the general welfare of we the people, and we're going to introduce you to tar and feathers at a minimum. But what I don't understand, and then I'm going to get into the precious metals here for the, um, for the, the closings. Oh, we know the, 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 the queen. I mean, she, she, she's just a figurehead. I mean, how does that all change uh, and is this going to promote them from pulling out of the, the Eurozone? Yeah. Yeah. So well, which really no, he's only us. the mayor. He's only the mayor of London. Mm. All right. He doesn't have international influence built into that position. He's the mayor of a big city, but he mm. is not, he's not sitting in an international position. So he's not... You know, he, he can talk about it, but he's not going to have any official influence on whether the Brexit takes takes place or it does not. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and see what gold, <coughs> excuse me, what gold did today. Currently in the New York spots up 1090, 1289.50. Of course, we were breaching, we were approaching the 1300 level. We touched 1296 earlier in the day, all due to the, uh, um, um, the numbers that came out earlier today, and um, we'll go over them in the second segment of the program today. But everything did reverse themselves, but we still have a nice, strong 
up ten dollars at twelve eighty nine. Silver is up fourteen at seventeen fifty four. Platinum was up fifteen at a thousand eighty two. Palladium up nine at six hundred and eleven dollars. USDX today up point one zero at ninety three eighty five. Crude oil up point two four at forty four fifty six. And yes, the paper markets were all higher today. The Dow was up eighty points at seventeen thousand seven forty. The Nasdaq was up twenty at forty seven thirty six. S and P up six, two thousand fifty seven. 10-year yield still below 180 at 178. Euro 114. Not a lot of change at all. Hong Kong was down a little bit overnight, but uh, a little pressure on the Asian and London markets. But uh, other than that, there weren't any big moves, big changes in the uh, world stock markets overnight. And what's interesting is, you know, there's been a lot of greed. And again, we talk about the fear and greed index. Does it mean anything? That's just interesting to watch. Does it, you know... And and it's surprising me as high as the Dow has been, and we just had a little pressure, not a lot of pressure on the Dow of late, but you're beginning to see that uh, fade from the greed more into the uh, neutral and closer into the the fierce part of the the graph. So just interesting. And um, what interests me is that we're at the moment, we're about 1288, uh, which which puts us down about four bucks from... I'm looking at the bid price um, rather than the asking price. Um, but in any case, we're down about 4 bucks for the week on the price of gold. After, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, after last week, gold went up by 59 bucks, And I am used to, for the past, it's just burned into my system like an abused child. I expect it to happen. When gold has a good day, I expect the system to knock it down the next day. If it has a couple of good days, I expect them to knock it down the next day. If they have a good week, I expect them to knock it down the next week. They haven't done that. Now, we've only got a week to show here, which is not powerful evidence, but still, I would have expected some sort of a reaction from the powers that be after gold had nearly 60 bucks up last week. I would have expected them to knock it down 20 30 $40 this week, maybe more. Mm-mm, didn't happen. Didn't even come close to happening. And it's a mystery to me. It's one of those things you look at and you say, hmm. You know, uh, does that signify something, or is it all going to happen next week, or what's going on here? But the well, I mean, evidence you're... is that the government, the powers that be, have run out of the will or the the, the 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 resources necessary to push the price of gold downward. They're going to maybe let it go. Well, I'm, I think you're trying to find uh, the, the, the answer to the mystery of why they manipulate and why they don't. And I, I don't think that's something that you can, you know, try to determine when they're going to do it and when they're not going to do it. I mean, pretty much usually when they do do it, and it's you could follow it for 20, 30 years, 20 years anyway, when you do have your big global meetings, when you do have your three-day weekends. When you have a big old weekend, you're going to have the stock market higher and the and gold lower. So I'm not so sure sometimes it's actually the, the hitting of the gold pricing, uh, but they want to keep that stock market higher 
naturally, if you have a higher stock market, you're going to see pressure on gold. So I don't think there is really any rhyme or reason. We know they manipulate it. We know through the paper, through the ETFs, through, you know, through, you know, the shortings. Yes, it's a major commodity that's manipulated because they can't have high gold prices. I, 1300 is a very strong resistant level. I think once it breaks the 1300 and if it can close above there, it's going to get some momentum behind it. It's going to get some attention. It's going to attract attention. But when you do have these bigger guys out there talking about Drunken Miller or whatever his name is, Drunken, Drunken Miller, yeah, it's going to bring a lot of good of attention uh, to gold and silver. I mean, you can't even turn even CNBC on in the mornings. You can't even turn it on without having, you know, one of those uh, gold dealers, you know, running an ad across. Um, and so any any of the financial news, Fox News, any of them, any of the mainstream media, they're all running gold commercials, silver commercials, you know, every 10 minutes. So it really, it's people are beginning to focus a little bit more on gold because everybody knows this isn't going to continue. What's the nature of those commercials? Are they primarily selling coins they have, or are they trying to buy coins for or whatever gold from people out in the street who have some gold that they might like to sell? No, they're looking to sell. There's a lot of IRA, precious metals IRA uh, advertisements, uh, um, and then just some silver. You know, a couple companies are pushing silver and so forth. And um, they're, you know, they're all high priced. And, you know, I talked to tons of tons of people who, well, you know what, I called one of those guys on TV and they're really rude. Just because I didn't want to buy that minute, they pretty much hung up on me. (laughs) And then it was, and then he calls me 20 times a day. Like, yeah, that's how they work. But, and their prices aren't any less expensive or any better or anything else. Um, So but their sales force is a little more aggressive. Very aggressive. And perhaps a little less ethical. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. perhaps. Well, look, if somebody's going to be rude to you on the phone, if you're not buying right that minute, it tells you he's working in an environment where he's being paid to sell, 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 sell. Yeah, he ain't going to waste his time talking he to not. You. He can't because the boss is breathing down his neck. you got to sell something, sell something, sell something. Don't waste your time chatting with these people. Get out there and sell something. Well, it tells you if they're in that environment. You have to assume that they're willing to fib in order to close a deal. You, can, you have to be wary of that any place you go. Right? You have to be wary about it. But when they're telling you, we're, we don't have time to talk to you unless you're willing to buy right now, you can, you can pretty much bet that that is not a highly ethical sales force. They are motivated to produce no matter what, no matter how, just get that sale. So you have to be, it's a signal to be careful. I did a very nice uh, uh, television commercial for Precious Metals IRAs, and when I went to air it, <laughs> there was a, this was a couple of years ago, there was another dealer. I mean, just as I was getting ready to, to, to push the button, there was another dealer with a, a very similar name as mine. And so I pulled back uh, because they were selling things at ridiculous prices. And I know what happens when people sell things at ridiculous prices. I started to get the phone calls. Well, you know, are you the one guy that advertises on television? And I was like, no. Well, you know, and I bought some product, and I, I it's been six, seven, eight months, and I haven't received my my product yet and blah, blah, blah. So I distanced myself because I didn't want to be associated, you know, I didn't want any name recognition or association uh, with my um, precious metals IRA commercial and, and I, it never did get aired. 
but uh, and eventually this other company went out of business, closed down or whatever, probably living in Tahiti right now. Yeah, right. Yeah, a lot running. of places yeah. closed down. Um, that's one thing, you know, people complain about a couple of Trump's companies have closed down in bankruptcy, and which is true, of course, but at least Trump didn't beat it off to a, uh, an island in the Pacific, all right, to enjoy, to enjoy his golden years. I mean, a lot of people, not a lot, but some, they file for bankruptcy, they take the money, and they run. You know? um, people want, they want to get this product they promised. Uh, write us a letter down somewhere in Papeete or something like that. Maybe we can help you out. One of the reports today that uh, made gold rise early in the morning was the uh, jobs report. Um, companies scaled back hiring in April, adding just 160,000 new jobs. Again, showing you know, two by four flying in the air. The U.S. economy <laughs> is not as good as uh, so. It was a little bit disappointing. Um, Wall Street was kind of expecting over two hundred thousand. Uh, I think there was pressure on the Dow earlier today, the but they were able to reverse things. Not quite sure what you know moved both markets with gold down and and markets and the paper markets higher. Um, but this is the smallest in September, and. Um, the unemployment rate is still remaining at the 5%, but more people have dropped out of the labor force. And so the, the so-called participation rate fell for the first time in seven months. That means people are finding it a little bit harder to get a job mm-hmm. if they're continuing to, to still uh, look. So um, people really don't care anymore, you know. Oh, they people care, aren't but... working, but as far as the paper markets and uh, some of the uh, – Mining was down, construction, um, retail was down 3.1. Um, so, but well, it looks it's just more evidence things are slowing down, you know, and we have a government. How long? They haven't told us there was a recovery that was just around the corner. I haven't heard it for probably two years, but that was after listening to it for, I don't know, five or six years. All the recovery is recovery. It's just around the corner any moment now. Never really although they claim. I don't know what that was, Melody. Did you get a cat instead of a dog? Oh, I didn't hear anything. You didn't hear anything. But one thing, you know, with them talking about increasing uh, the rate in June, you know, this with a number like this, there's no way she can raise rates in June. But we know she can't raise rates anyway to any significant degree, so it's kind of mute for we're heading to break, Al. Yes, we are. I'm Alfred Adask here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, and we'll be back in just a moment. Please stay tuned. obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out when life is too much to handle use apothecary herbs emotional stress formula feel calm and more in control 
with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I'm Alfred Addis, here with Melody Cedars to run Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1-800-375-4188 for all your gold and silver coin needs. I extended the special today, even though gold was up uh, earlier in the day, $17, $18, and it's still up now that it came back a little bit. We can, we're still going to offer that five ninety five special for the one-tenth ounce American Gold Eagle and 20 Silver Eagle. It is really a good price. And the reason I like to offer the fractional pieces and the specials is because gold can move big. I can absorb some of those price movements in the fractional pieces, you know, because you're only looking at a tenth of the price. So it's a little bit easier to absorb it, so therefore I can extend it if we have any fluctuations uh, to the high side. So I'm um, still be able to maintain that 695 even with the Silver Eagles. So make sure you know, if you're looking for, because if gold goes higher, if it would breach 1300 next week, I'll have to adjust the, the prices a little bit. So give us a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. And I also have some... Really nice Mint State 62 $20 St. Gaudens. These are the St. Gaudens Mint State 62 
I have these priced where you're paying eh, just a little higher than $100 over an American gold bullion coin. Can't so only for a, you can't beat that price. No. Going from a bullion coin to a mint state $62.20 St. Gaudens. So give us a call, folks. It's a great buy. If you have a lot of liberties and you want to add some saints to your portfolio, now's the time to do it. 1-800-375-4188. Got an article here from the Los Angeles Times. And the headline is, L.A. sees another sharp rise in homelessness and outdoor tents, which is just another one of the leaves in the breeze. We were just talking about it earlier. You see these clues. You see these bits of evidence that indicate that the economy is not, you know, hasn't made the recovery, still in a recession, um, despite what government might want you to believe. Uh, there may be exceptions. There may be places where it's not, as, in some places, it's not as bad as others. But L.A. is one of the places they're still in a recession. It says homelessness increased in the last year in the city and county of Los Angeles, leaving nearly 47,000 people in the streets and shelters, despite an intensive federal push that slashed the ranks of homeless veterans by nearly a third. Now, we're going to talk about this intensive federal push in a moment. Uh, just a couple other items to read. And we're going to talk about the intensive federal push that cut the ranks of homeless veterans by nearly a third. We're talking about cutting the ranks of homeless veterans by 1,300 people. All right. It says nearly two-thirds of the homeless people tallied countywide, or 28,000, were in the city of Los Angeles, representing an 11% jump in January from a year earlier. Um, homeless population grew by five. The county's homeless population grew by 5.7%. I don't know if uh, the homeless prefer the big city to the county or if it's simply more likely that the big city creates more homeless people on a percentage basis than the county does, more rural area. Homelessness has increased steadily since 2013 as local officials struggle to identify funding for billion-dollar plans they approved this year to solve one of the region's most intractable problems. The, the people in government, the officials, they have a plan. All they need is the money to make it happen. Uh, I can remember being in India. We made made a trip to India back years ago. What was it, 65, 67? 65. Yeah, it was 1965. <clears throat> I was there for a couple of weeks. And one of the things I appreciated is that India has a lot of people who are homeless. And they have a huge population, of course. And part of the reason for both of those phenomena is that India has a very benign climate in at least a lot of places. You can sleep on the street, you know, find yourself a place, uh, you know, in an alley or whatever you want to, you know, go ahead. It's warm enough. The, the climate is sufficiently benign where that's the sort of thing you can do. You're not going to have homeless people sleeping up in, up in uh, Alaska. You, get, you may have a few months out of the year when things are fairly comfortable. But you start sleep trying to sleep on the street in January and February and December, and you're not going to make it. My point, my the relevant point here is to Los Angeles, is part of the reason 
you have the homeless in Los Angeles is that you can have homeless. Right? You can afford it. In a sense, people can afford to sleep on the street. It's, I'm not recommending it, but I'm just saying I'm sure a lot of people, they're not going to be, I don't think you're going to have the same percentage in Chicago, for example, who go homeless as you would have in L.A. L.A. is a more benign climate. It's more conducive to being homeless. Uh, what else? It says the number of homeless women across the county. Long, uh, we're talking Long Beach, Glendale, and Pasadena are counted separately, and that has jumped 55% since 2013. All right? 55% more homeless women today than there were just two years ago. At the same area, the most visible form of homelessness, tents, shanty towns, and vehicles with people living in them climbed 20% on top of an 85% jump in 2015. Clearly, city and county are reaping the results of ignoring this crisis for two decades. That's according to Mark Reivik, president of Venice Stakeholders Association. The number of homeless veterans in L.A. County which has long had the highest concentration in the nation, and again, I'll bet that's partly because the climate is fairly benign, dropped from 4,362 in 2015 to 3,071 in 2016. That's a drop of about 1,300 people. And this happened, and it says, here's the quote, it says, after an infusion of hundreds of millions of dollars in housing and other aid from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, uh, or Departments of Veterans Affairs and Housing and Urban Development. All right? Now, they put in, they, I'm just reading what the article says. It says the federal government threw in hundreds of millions of dollars. And the net result is they took 1,300 people off the homeless rolls. Now, that's interesting, because if we're talking, they didn't say how many hundreds of millions of dollars, but hundreds means at least 200. It might mean three, it might mean four, it might mean, you know, nine hundreds of millions. But it's at least two hundreds, if the, if the article is correct here. And if, let's suppose we're, we're talking about $200 million to get about 1,300 homeless veterans off the streets. That works out to spending about $150,000 for each veteran taken off the streets. $150,000? I mean, you ought, to be able to, you ought to be able to find a room for these people and provide them with food and clothing for twenty five grand a year, and instead they're spending $150,000, if we can believe the numbers. And again, put this out the Los Angeles Times. Um, it doesn't sound like an efficient government program to me, Melody. We can send them to, uh, who knows, Mexico. They can send us their, their unemployed, and we'll send them our homeless. We can swap out, give the homeless ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 a year to live along the beach someplace. They'll enjoy it. They'll be better off down there, and uh, it doesn't cost $150,000 per veteran removed from the ranks of the homeless strikes me as strange. Well, so many of these programs for the homeless are being eliminated and they do find themselves on the street. They, they move them out of these, uh, you know, facilities and, you know, they, you know, you know I mean, I, I've heard some places where, you know, they had decent uh, 
room and board and and they they move them and you know then they end up out on the street then they end up moving them again and you know San Francisco I know is a high dollar area they're trying to to deal with the problem but the problem is it's really sad that we have a country like America that we have homeless and we have veterans that are homeless and uh, uh it's a sad state of affair when our mental illness has gotten to the point um uh, where you have these people living on the streets there's no affordable housing um and it's um you know if a city doesn't like the the view they'll move them um and it's um simple that's, solution that's, melody that's, uh, how just we can. pack them into a bus and <laughs> for LA all you got to do is pack them into a bus and ship them up to San Francisco drop them off well, all right but um, so no, it, it is a problem. It's just not L.A., oh, it's but it's everywhere. It's a, it's a terrible problem. And it's the sort of thing that we America. saw during the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. People unemployed, they had signs, keep walking. You know, the people are walking from going from who knows where to wherever they're hoping to get to. And they're walking and they have signs outside of the city. They say, don't stop here. We have enough trouble feeding our own. We can't feed you. And then what's terrible is what we mentioned on the program the other day is you have all these... Uh, um, farm programs to keep farmers from growing food, yeah. you know, that are owned by wealthy people. Our land has been destroyed. Our agriculture, we import more than we export. We throw away 40-50% of food that is grown because it doesn't pass the the, the, the view uh, uh, test. You know, if it's got a little spot or something, hey, we'll just throw it in the compost pile. And uh, it, it, it's you know, again, I mean, these are all signs that shows a decay yep. um, of our society, it's of our country. It's not just a decay, it's mismanagement, it's indifference to the people, best, the general welfare of the people of the United States. And when I talk, when I use that term general welfare, it's something you see in the preamble of the Constitution of the United States. They're supposed to be work, Congress is supposed to be working for our general welfare. They're not supposed to be working for special interests. They're supposed to be passing laws that are essentially good for most of us, the vast majority of us, right? But not for special interests. And, inqu- and, and, and But the Congress, of course, has gone completely different direction, and they are for sale to the highest bidder. They're not working for the general welfare. They are working for special interests. And the result is the general welfare is lost, sacrificed, it's diminished, and we have programs like this where we talk about it. But, another- Al, but a lot, Al, is because, because of that, because of what they do, it's because there's no more accountability to a higher calling. I mean, you know, and, and I mean, to be, to do the Are things... Are you talking that, about the tar and feather the tar- routine? Is that the, <laughs> no, I mean, for people to do, for we you have lost, you know, we talk about our moral values and, and, mm-hmm. and so forth. That has all been lost to where, you know, there is no accountability for people in these offices. And, 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 and you know, they get paid by, you know, bought out by, you know, the special interest and so forth. You know, the, 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 it's been lost. It's... You know, and, and that's the problem, the root of the problem. And again, these are just all symptoms of that root. And um, that's the way I see it. Treason, treachery, betrayal. People who should be looking out for the average American don't, because the average American doesn't have any money to give congressmen and senators and presidents. They'll give you lip service every year, every time they're running for election, and they will feel your pain and a bunch of other, but what they will what they're going to respond to is who gives them money. 
And the Supreme Court, in its infinite wisdom, has declared that political campaign contributions are a form of free speech. And should be essentially, you know, if you want, if you want to talk, talk. If you want to spend, spend. You can give all the money you want to congressmen, senators, presidents, and politicians. Free speech. It's insane. What that does is encourage this country to become an oligarchy, right? Ruled by the rich. There should be. We see George Soros. Fabulously wealthy individual who has reportedly said he's made it his life's work to destroy the United States of America. Right? And he throws his, he puts his money where his mouth is. And he uses it to destroy this country. And we can have the same thing. We have people coming up that are fabulously wealthy, and some of them haven't been around long enough to really understand what they're doing. I'm sure they think they're extremely intelligent and knowledgeable, and that's true for any of us. You know, we. We tend to all have that ego um, going on, but you get people like Mark Zuckerberg. He's got more money than he really needs and maybe more than he can understand. And I'm sure he would say, that's crazy talk. You can't have too much money. I know what I'm doing. I know what's best. It can't be that way. We can't allow people who have made a fabulous fortune to have disproportionate influence on what's happening in this country. And they're in a position to make changes that are enormous, dramatic. We have to reel this in one way or another where the super rich, the Supreme Court can't just sit back and say, handing out Federal Reserve notes is a form of free speech and can't be inhibited by law. Uh, that can't be, that, that, that decision can't be allowed to stand. If it does, how much money does the average person have? If you don't have enough money to bribe a congressman, a senator, or a president, those politicians have no obligation to hear you. I can't hear you unless you're unless I hear the the, the crackling of uh, of hundred dollar bills as they're as they're being folded. You want to talk to these people? You got to speak in a language they understand, which, according to the Supreme Court, is currency. It can't be that way. And yet it's one of the things that happens in this country and puts us in, you know. And from my perspective, I look at that and I hear about stories, Supreme Court decisions of similar to the one I just described. You can sit back and say, gee, I don't know what those guys are doing. Or you can sit back and say, I know exactly what they're doing. They are in on it. They are part, they are part and parcel of a... I don't know, a movement to destroy this nation and create a North American Union and ultimately a new world order. And if this nation has to be destroyed, they think it's worth doing. Something needs to be done. And Trump is the first signal that the American people are ready to do something. They, they understand what I'm talking about, and we're just looking for a solution to the, pro, to the problem. Let's take a break for our last uh, commercials, and Melody and I will be back shortly. Please stay tuned. mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. 
Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Ladies and gentlemen, here's an article from Miss Shedlock. Some of you may recognize his name. He puts out a a, oh, a daily newsletter dealing with economic and political commentary. Um, and the headline for this article is Surgical Robot Outperforms Humans. Also, Airbus Plans Humanoid Assemblers. Let's take the first one. Surgical Robot Outperforms Humans. Um, as much as you've heard about them, the process, uh, the robots uh, are just in their infancy stage. Some see robots as good, others evil, but technology breakthroughs represent increased productivity. In and of itself, technological advances are always good. Eh, I don't know about always, but I, get, I, I understand the theory, and I would agree that, yes, we're all in favor of technology, I don't know if we're in favor of a bigger and better H-bomb. Do we need that? Is that an advance? Is that, are we better off with bigger H-bombs? How humans use technology may be good or bad. The technology is good. How they use, how people use it. I agree with that. Here's one. So he says, surgical robot outperforms human. U.S. researchers have developed what they say is the world's first surgical robot that can outperform human surgeons when operating autonomously on soft tissue, such as intestines, paving the way for clinical trials. When they say operating autonomously, they mean the ro- nobody's sitting there running the robot. This isn't a situation where some, some guy has run a little joystick in the back room or maybe even a couple of states away, and he's just observing the operation through a video, and he's got these hands, these robot-like hands that are, that are conducting the operation. No. The robot is doing this all by itself. 
The patients they've used so far were pigs, animals favored uh, for surgical research because their internal, uh, uh, of their internal similarity to people, that, and the operation involved intestinal uh, anastomosis, reconnecting a severed bowel which is a common surgical procedure. For example, when removing a colon tumor, right? Now, I don't, this may be a common procedure, but sewing back the intestine that has been separated on a living creature, even if it's a pig or whatever, we're not talking about operating on dead animals. They're doing this on live animals right now, and they were consistent, according to the report, they, the, the machines, the robots were consistently better than the surgeons. All right? Uh, moving in a dynamic living environment. That means the body of the pig was alive. Uh, within a relatively short time, according to one of them, we will be able to do a complete appendectomy. We're going to a situation here, folks, where your doctor... I mean, the guy in the operating room, it may be a robot. And you can tell me whether that's good or bad or it makes you more, uh, you have more confidence ultimately in the robots than you do in the doctors. But it's a sign of the times. Here's another one talking about Airbus plans humanoid assemblers. Airbus, they they manufacture uh, airplanes. Plans to uh, develop assembly line robots to work with humans. Airbus is working with French and Japanese researchers to develop humanoid robots able to work alongside of humans on assembly lines and inside aircraft in what would be a step change in the use of industrial uh, industrial robotics. The point is you've probably seen assembly lines or they have these mechanical arms. They are robots, technically. They don't look like people, but they have these mechanical arms that are mounted on some sort of a, you know, a base that's along the assembly line, and they're just welding things and picking things up and assembling the rest of it. These are robots. But these people are talking about robots that do not look like machines. They're talking about robots that look like people, and they can work inside the aircraft. We can understand where if the aircraft was coming down the assembly line and there were external robots with arms that were grabbing pieces of metal to fasten down and fuse to the exterior of the plane. That makes sense. We could see them putting in the rivets, doing whatever spot spot welding they have to do. That makes sense. But how do the robots get into the plane? Inside the plane, you have to have people at least up until now. Airbus is saying we're working on robots that they will, it says they'll be able to work inside the plane. The development of collaborative robots that can work alongside of humans is uh, these new machines will be more flexible and lighter than existing models, able to crouch and bend more like people do. They will also be equipped with a host of sensors to ensure that if they stop, they, uh, that they stop if they touch or bump into a human. <clears throat> what are we going to do about unemployment? I mean, if we can create robots that can perform surgery, you understand, or even help build airplanes, I don't know how many jobs are out there right now that can't be done by robots. And what are we going to do with the people who no longer have jobs? It's going to call for a complete revision of how this uh, how this society functions. The world.
robots cannot be, in the end, I don't think they can be owned by the rich. Because all the profit, if you can get into it, and be, if you're one of the people who can control these robots, and make sure, well, that's my robot, so I get, I get all the profit off of that. The robots have to be something like socialized, where everyone gets a cut of whatever the robot is saving and producing. And if we don't do that, people are going to starve to death or die, or we're going to have shooting, a shooting revolution. Here's another one. This is also about medicine. And this is from The Telegraph, which is an English publication. And the headline is, <laughs> Dead Could Be Brought Back to Life in Groundbreaking Project. The groundbreaking trial to see if it's possible to regenerate the brains of dead people <laughs> uh, has won approval from health watchdogs. It makes me laugh because from my perspective, if we can regenerate the brains of dead people, then maybe we could even figure out how to regenerate the brains of live people, too. And I think that would be an st important step. But they're taking, they are preparing, they're going to recruit 20 patients who've been declared clinically dead from traumatic brain injury to test whether parts of their central nervous system can be brought back to life. I mean, this is like Mary Shelley's uh, fictional story of Frankenstein. It's on the verge of becoming a reality. And we sit here, and these people are going to take someone who's dead. They're going to try to use some peptides and chemicals and lasers and whatever in order to bring these people back to life. And the bet is that there won't be adverse consequences. And I know that there are people who die on the operating table, clinically, they're clinically dead, and they come back to life. I get that. The doctors save them and whatever. But this is something else. This is something where they're talking about routinely. People die. I don't know how fast you have to get to them, but routinely you can prevent people from dying, or you can not, not just prevent them from dying. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, yep, they're dead. There's a goner. And you put him on the operating table, and maybe the robot comes over and brings him back to life. We certainly live in interesting times. This is the sort of thing that you could expect from the, you know, the, the Buck Rogers. You see these futuristic uh, Star Trek. We see all these science fiction movies that we've, many of us have grown up watching. But I have never... Well, I won't say this. It's not true that never. Never is not true. But generally speaking, the people in these movies are not the least bit frightened or inhibited by their own technology. They just take it for granted that you can do these things. Of course we can bring people back to life. Okay, you're going to bring them back to life. What are they going to do for work? You know, there's a point here where this technology is going to force us to make some extraordinary choices. And they're not choices that any of us want to be forced to make. If you can bring some people back to life, you can also let some people die. If we have a serious unemployment problem, how many people are we going to revive and how many are we going to let go? And who is going to scream and shout? When their father, brother, sister, son, daughter, 
is allowed to die when someone else's son, daughter, father, mother, whatever, is allowed to live, is brought back to life. How are we going to deal with that? Does anyone know? I mean, I look at this kind of technology and I wonder how we can adjust to it. It's like having robots in the operating room. Are we sure that we can adjust to this? And maybe we can. Well, Al, I don't think the 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 future of of robots for the better is they're not being created for the likes of the common people. Okay, they are for the people of wealth, the billionaires. The I mean, those these type of people are always looking for ways to live longer and better, you know, so they can enjoy their wealth. The people that are like us, or or your neighbors, or the people down the street you go to church with, um, we're pretty much going to be broke, you know, to the point where we couldn't afford it anyway. So, you know, those of us will continue to leave regular lives and die when we're supposed to die unless there's a body part that they want from us. So that's how I view things. I I don't believe that if you're poor, you're going to get any type of of special treatment. It's mainly being done, probably funded by the wealthy. Um, the research and development is, is, you know, all for and from the wealthy, extremely wealthy. Dangerous, a dangerous time, strange times. Um, and I think my point on this is we are always and increasingly called on to deal with questions that we are completely incapable of addressing in a reasonable way. You can't look back on some of this stuff and say, well, <laughs> what would the founding fathers do? What would Jesus do? All right? We, we, what would Plato say? What would, you know, until recently, you could go back and you could look for similar circumstances in recorded human history, and you could pull out and say, hey, this is what Aristotle said. And people would sit back and they say, "Well, yeah, you know Aristotle. Yeah, he was a smart guy. Right, let's let's try that. That sounds reasonable. I think that could work." We don't have any Aristotle to deal with this. The only thing we know where these robots are going to be making, they're going to be putting people out of work. And even if they're doing a better job, they're going to be putting people out of work. They're going to in. We don't have thinkers anymore, Al. I don't know. I don't, don't I understand. I understand. We don't, have, we don't have thinkers. Well, we have a few left. Well, I don't know if we've ever had, I don't had all that many, but we have people that think about things other than there's fewer and how much fewer. money you can make. All right? And the problem we have right now is too much money is falling into the hands of corporations and people whose only object in life is to try to get more money, more money, more money, and they don't care how. They play the game, and whoever wins, whoever is, uh, was Forbes from Forbes magazine, he said, whoever dies with the most toys wins. To me, that's the credo of a crazy man. That's all this life is about. See who's got the biggest and fastest and uh, whatever toys. There's more to life than that, but the people who are pursuing more money, more money, more money, I don't think they get that, generally speaking. The people that are most adept at making a fabulous fortune are the ones that are perhaps least adept at understanding some fundamental things about life that go back to the nature of people. 
that has to be respected and honored and somehow taken care of, and it becomes increasingly difficult, difficult, difficult. So what are we going to do about it, Melody? Are you planning to replace me with a robot? Huh? You can tell me. You got me on that one, Al. All right. <laughs> it's Friday. I think we better leave <laughs> at this point in time. Well, but, we can't uh, leave just yet. Oh, We've yes, got about we can. a minute left. <laughs> no. But, uh, no, Al, I'm not going to replace you by a robot. <laughs> yes. Well, how, about, how about an illegal alien? <laughs> no. Right. 1-800-375-4188. Come on, folks. Make sure you take advantage of these great specials that I'm that I'm providing for you today. You know, the one thing that you can do, no matter what happens to the wealthy, no matter what happens to bringing in the robots, no matter what, whether you you know you can still take care of yourself. You don't have to be a slave to the system. You don't have to be a a slave to their world. You can still live, be your own central banker, and be prepared. Take care of your finances. Control it. You can do it. And one way of doing and controlling your finances is through gold and silver. So give us a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Okay, folks, we're out of time. Melody and I will be back on Monday. Have a good weekend. In the meantime, we will be back on Monday. Isn't that right, Melody? Correct. Okay. Uh, Lord willing. In the meantime, may the good Lord bless you and me and Melody and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still, there never seems to be a single penny left for me. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one 49.95 
$149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click the satellite system. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare, while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at freezedryguy at lancet.com. That's freezedryguy at l-a-n-s-e-t.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret All right, everybody, here it is, Friday, also originally known as Frig Day, which actually was after Istara, uh, the goddess of fertility. And so that's uh, why so many things that we have adopted as Americans, you know, things like... uh, you know, watch your own beeswax. Now, what in the heck does that mean? Well, that means that back in the time of Martha and George Washington, women who had uh, smallpox and and chicken pox and a lot of poxes in those days that left pock holes in your face. So what they would do is take beeswax and they would fill those uh, facial... Uh, potholes, and uh, we didn't have any 
thing like air conditioning. And so if you're in Washington, District of Criminals, and uh, the Potomac River, you know, runs right by, let's say that you uh, was at the Jefferson House, then if it's summertime, the humidity is about 95%. It's about 90 degrees. And what happens is the beeswax starts to melt. And so you'd catch one woman... Uh, ogling, uh, looking critically at another one, and that woman would suddenly realize that uh, you know her beeswax was oozing down her face, and so she'd say, "Mind your own beeswax." So that that's an actual uh, thing that uh, where we get colloquialisms. I like the best colloquialism, uh, and there's of course in every nation. We've got uh, like a colloquialism uh, in that the Arabs uh, say that I kind of like that maybe uh, you could use is the caravan does not stop for the barking dog. And what that means is, is that if you get people that are all the time complaining and whining and, you know, just those kind of people make you not want to serve and make you want to stick your finger down your throat, then you just uh, put up your finger, look toward them, and say, hey, caravan doesn't stop for the barking dog. And then you move on. Wow. And so uh, America had a lot of German-speaking people. You don't realize. I was doing a, a little anthropological uh, test, cultural anthropological test, on the little uh, township. It's not a registered, uh, incorporated town or anything. I just live in a little township. There's no highway. There's no gas station. And uh, I was amazed to see that the largest percentage of uh, ethnic people were German. And that is the way that it is uh, in in a lot of places. So a lot of things in the early, early days when we had the pilgrims coming over and all, we tend to think of uh, King Henry uh, VIII and uh, we tend to think of the Puritans uh, and we think of uh, Anglanders, you know, uh, people from Great Britain. But actually, there were an awful lot of Dutch and a lot of Germans uh, because uh, Holland uh, was an easy place for you to get into and out of in coming to the New World. So many of our uh, days and weeks and different uh, official designations were actually taken from the German language. And you look and see, you know, for exact... Now, you know that Sunday, that's the first day of the week. What was Sunday named after? Of course, after the emperor, who was a sun worshiper, Constantine, who changed, I mean, King Henry VIII, he just 
cut all ties with the Catholic Church. And it was a good way to lose your head if you uh, didn't join the Church of England, of which still, to this day, the uh, majesty, whether it's the queen or the king, is official head of the Church of England. And uh, when you take a look at it, uh, we can see that we take an awful lot of our heritage, our European heritage, from things that they did. Now, so Constantine, uh, King Henry VIII, ran the Catholics out. Constantine, and you know what uh, he did was uh, he changed the entire Christian religion from the old church of Peter and uh, Paul, the church that worshipped on the Sabbath, that was changed to Sunday to worship, which is not the last day, but rather the first day of the week in honor of the sun god. The feast days, like uh, we just finished uh, celebrating three feast days that backed up to each other, Passover, first fruits, and unleavened bread. Well, <laughs> what church that you know of uh, did you go to church and hear them talking about uh, first fruits or unleavened bread? I you probably, if you did, congratulations. Uh, you are one of the few. And so, uh, what did uh, this emperor that used the Christian religion appointed his own pope for Rome? I mean, here he is, a sun worshiper. He appoints a pope from Constantinople, from Turkey, which were centers of the world, of his universe at that time. And so he instead instituted, this was 325 A.D. at a place called Nicaea, he instituted a uh, holiday, they were all pagan holidays. And so... Christmas doesn't even come close to being the birth time of Christ. But at Nicaea, they, I mean, it was just like King Henry VIII. You've got an emperor. Let's say King Henry VIII has just cut the head off the uh, archbishop and the cardinal that represents the Catholic Church in England. Now, he has appointed his own, uh, which was actually the Archbishop of Canterbury, today is the highest-ranking churchman in England, but the queen today is still the head of the Church of England. So uh, he changed everything. Well, when you go back and look, that's exactly what happened at Nicaea. They changed everything, and since 325 A.D., which when you look at here, we are 2011, 
And so, my goodness, for uh, a long time, I mean, how, a generation is considered to be 40 years. So divide 40 into like 1,700 years. And is it any wonder? You see, when Israel was captive of uh, Egypt and the Pharaoh, they were held in captivity for 400 years. Well, by that time, a lot of what the tribes of Israel had been taught up through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, this was lost to them because the Pharaoh, of course, uh, worshipped Ra, the sun god, and all of these other pagan images. So that is why God required Moses and the tribes of Israel to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. That's a generation. That way God had a generation that knew only dependence upon him. He provided manna that they ate. He led them at night by fire and smoke by day. And so uh, when you look at us, we still are following uh, these, uh, which were actually pagan compromises. If Christmas has nothing to do with the birth of Christ, other than the fact that uh, the church people would say well, we're actually, it's true that December 25th is the winter solstice, and that was a major pagan holiday, which meant that uh, you, the sun stayed out a little longer, so it started getting warmer again. And if they admit that, then they say, but we choose, you see. Uh, we don't know, uh, that, so we choose uh, to recognize uh, the 25th of December. That's a very poor excuse. And when you look at Easter, my gosh, friends, Easter translates to Istara, the goddess of fertility, who comes down in the Euphrates River there in Iraq in a colored egg. And so today we worship Easter with colored eggs and rabbits to indicate fertility. And when you even consider, we'll go one step further, Valentine's Day is Nimrod, the great hunter. Red was for the blood. The bow and arrow is what he used. Nimrod was so bad, remember, they built the Tower of Babel? Nimrod was so bad that the prophet of God had him cut up into little pieces, and they sent little pieces of Nimrod all around because his mother, Samaramus, was claiming that he was a virgin birth. Yeah. 
This was a long time before Christ. When you look at Krishna, you know Hare Krishna? Krishna, of course, is a Hindu, is a, because they have many, is a Hindu god. But uh, Krishna is also said to come from a virgin birth. And so you see what emperors just, and the only reason that uh, the emperor changed the Christian religion was he wanted to control the Christian religion. Therefore, they had the Inquisition. I mean, Luther, the only way Luther survived, they would have cut his head off as being a heretic, even though he was a Catholic priest. But he said that it was wrong that people could not have their own Bible. Because the only people that had Bibles in those times were the priests. And you had to pay for confession. You paid dispensations. Depending on how much you had, uh, you gave it to the church. If you had a uh, monsignor, he got a little bit more. A bishop got a little bit more. An archbishop got more. A cardinal got quite a bit. And if you had enough money, you could go to the pope, and they would grant you uh, dispensations, which meant that your loved ones uh, wouldn't have as long to spend in purgatory. And Luther said, that's wrong. Well, the Germans protected Luther. That's why Luther had his church, and the Lutheran church is associated with Germany. They would not allow uh, the Italians, they wouldn't allow uh, any of those of the new Christian Constantine religion uh, to harm Luther. So uh, Luther grew uh, the 1611 Bible, that's the King James Version, was first printed just uh, two days ago on Wednesday was the anniversary of the printing of the first 1611 King James Version. And what King James thought to do, because the Anglicans and the Catholics and everybody, Puritans, they were all fighting. And so King James uh, commissioned a diversified group to search through the books of the Bible and come up with what they would agree upon. And so we got the King James Version, which is the my favorite versions. Now, there are, uh, there, there are many versions, as you know. Uh, you cannot take a, uh, a Bible, and the Old Testament is in Hebrew. And the New Testament is in Greek. And, of course, when the Catholics uh, were, uh, the Church of Rome was the official church, you're talking about Latin, the Vulgate. Now, you translate out of those languages that have already translated from Hebrew and uh, 
from Greek. Do you think that the translation is going to be the same? In every case, it isn't. And can one word throw you off and completely change a meaning? It can. And so we have a lot of new Bibles, and some of the Bibles, of course, take away uh, the uh, masculinity, the paternity of, uh, of God the Father and Christ the Son, and they uh, do away with that because they just want it to be generic. Well, this is what men want. And so the Douay version is the Catholic version, and it has, as I recall, about eight books that uh, they include as the gospel, and an example is Maccabees. Actually, Maccabees uh, 1 and 2 are very interesting uh, books. They were a count of a very heroic time in Israel where they uh, defeated uh, much, uh, kind of like uh, we had with uh, Cinco de Mayo yesterday. You had a uh, an army, a minority. It was miraculous how they were able to protect Israel against the enemy. Uh, but for some reason, in the King James, when they were uh, struggling over every book, whether it was credible or not, uh, the there are about eight books out of the Catholic Bible that uh, they said, no, uh, this is a quote of a Gnostic text. Uh, we we believe that this was written later by uh, people, you know, who were basically uh, biased uh, or zealots for some reason or other. Anyway, it's interesting. Because we started off the hour with just uh, looking at how uh, little sayings that we have. We, and like Friday, today's day, used to be called Frigg Day. And Frigg was the German for uh, Astaria, who was the goddess of fertility. So when you hear people say something like frigate, you can see that actually this is a a twisting of the goddess of fertility's German name, but it kind of means what? Uh, and if you say the F, if you drop the F-bomb, that is a further twisting. And anyway, we have the American language. And of course, in Great Britain, they've gone along with some of these things that we've adopted on our own. Uh, all right, it is Friday. It is Frig Day or whatever. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, I had duties that uh, required me. Uh, I run a karate class, and uh, we had it on Thursday. I wanted to listen uh, to the Tea Party, the Republican debate that would include uh, Ron Paul, and I wasn't able to catch it. And all I've gotten today in listening to see the ratings is that Ron Paul collected 
a million dollars for his candidacy as a result of the debate last night. So, hip, hip, hooray for Ron Paul. Now, they say that Herman Cain won the debate last night, that there were more calls uh, coming in saying that uh, Herman Cain, uh, who has never held political office in his life, he was uh, the vice president of the hamburger uh, thing. He is the president of Godfather's Pizza. He is a very likable black man, and his uh, planks of his platform are more jobs. Jiminy, <laughs> this is nice. Does he say how to get more jobs? Well, stimulus is what he said. Got to be careful. This is an Obama term, which means just adding zeros uh, to your balance sheet. And when you take a look, by the way, they were saying that the uh, reports for 2010 are in for the CEOs. Now, while the uh, United States jobs are fewer and fewer, we have 9% that are unemployed. The fact is that uh, CEOs are making more and more money. The top CEO uh, is Verizon, and the CEO of Verizon is making over $80 million uh, in 2010. Now, let me ask you, what would somebody, why would they have, what is the, the good? <laughs> why do you compensate? Somebody, $85 million. Now, the least of the CEOs of these big companies, these are the companies that make up the Dow. Now, the Dow, of course, are the top 30 businesses in America. The least one was $24 million. That is $2 million a month. Give me a break. On. And I guess this is so-called capitalism. But I noticed that uh, gasoline is lesser and lesser. It's had broken the 100 mark and not headed back. But yet, at the pump, we're paying 4 bucks and more uh, for regular gasoline. Something isn't working for the poor side of the tracks, which uh, shouldn't surprise any of us, should it? But the fact that Herman Cain is the best that the Republicans can come up with, and I liked uh, Herman Cain when I saw him speak. He is a articulate, likable sort, uh, you know, of uh, of old school guy. However, it's going to take somebody. <laughs> that is willing to stand up and 
apply exceptional solutions to get America up out of the ditch and back onto her feet, fiscally speaking. And nothing that Herman Cain has said leads me to believe that he's the one to do that. All right. Stay with American Voice Radio. We'll come right back. A lot of news for you to consider today. family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at Freeze Dry Guy at Lancet.com. That's Freeze Dry Guy at L A N S E T.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Boys Radio what an expert says about distilled water. If you decide on bottled water, make sure it's distilled. However, in the long run, you'll save money if you clean your water at home. It's more convenient than hauling gallon jugs from the store. The gold standard for purifying your water is a system that distills your water and filters it. You have the comfort of knowing there is no chlorine, fluoride, bacteria, viruses, pesticides or lead you get nothing but h2o maximum health dr robert d willis jr md order your tabletop water distiller for 139.99 post paid it comes with everything you need to get pure distilled water go to superstore.theamericanvoice.com that's Superstore.TheAmericanVoice.com. Order now. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one of four 
$149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Obama 
who was nothing. He's a neighborhood organizer. You know, kind of like, well, he was. He was working for the daily uh, machine, political machine. And uh, you, you don't have anyone to run against him. Not a single Republican in the great state of Illinois, Abraham Lincoln state. And uh, so what did they do? They brought Alan Keyes from Maryland. Now, I like Alan Keyes. Alan Keyes is very articulate. He's a talk show host. He's very intelligent. Alan Keyes is a decent man to run for public office. Alan Keyes should have beat the pants off of our president. But for one thing, and this is something to remember, because <laughs> we got a couple of these considerations lined up in the Republican Party right now that are front runners. Alan Keyes was from Maryland, not from Illinois. And so you've got your boy from Chicago, part of the Daily Machine, as a neighborhood organizer. And now here comes the carpetbagger, Alan Keyes from Maryland, because the Republicans in Illinois don't have anyone to run against uh, this guy, Obama. Now, how shameful is that? And so Alan Keyes doesn't win. Now, why do I mention that? Because Mitt Romney right now is a party leader. Remember that poll that I gave you where these people voted? Uh, and I'm going to talk to you about polls here in just a second. And uh, the, what happened is that uh, 58% of those uh, who uh, responded to the poll said they would never uh, vote for Sarah Palin no matter what. And 58% also said they'd never vote uh, for the Donald Trump, no matter what. And then Newt Gingrich, 42% said they'd never vote for Newt Gingrich. 32% said they'll never vote for Mike Huckabee. And 26%, which was the lowest, said they wouldn't vote for Romney. So in a reverse poll, you end up having 74% saying they will vote for Romney. What is Romney's flaw? Like Alan Keyes came from Maryland, not Illinois. So a much better man than Obama, Alan Keyes loses because he's not local. Well, Mitt Romney is a Mormon. And when you have the Christian right, which will back the Republican, not the Democrat, and you will see the Christian right has been preaching, and I might say falsely. And you say, oh my gosh, Bo, what are you talking about? Let me tell you, if you don't know, see, the, what happens, 
Uh, it is, uh, it's pretty shameful. In the Bible, there is the part where uh, now Christ has come, and we have all of these preachers that are grouped over here on his left hand, and they're all hailing him, saying, Oh, Messiah, didn't we heal in your name? Oh, Messiah, didn't we perform miracles in your name? And what does Christ say? He says, I knew you not. Because they were teaching false doctrine, which caused massive numbers in their congregation to not follow God's word. And so in the end, I feel sorry for a lot of these very popular people who are preaching. And let me give you, as long as I'm up to my neck in alligators here, uh, let me go ahead with this statement. I was on the dais in Oklahoma City with Brother Falwell, who, uh, as you will remember, uh, was the majority of, of the moral majority leader. He had his church, he had his school in Lynchburg, Virginia. I liked Brother Falwell. Now, we gave a talk at Windsor Hills Baptist Church in Oklahoma City. When it was over, I, as Brother Falwell's people were stuffing dollar bills into hefty bags, and Brother Falwell was writing a check to uh, Pastor Jim Vineyard, a sizable check, for having Brother Falwell uh, come to the Windsor Hills Baptist Church, I I just had to ask him. I said, Brother Falwell, you are a recognized expert uh, on the Bible. I've just got to ask you, uh, when you are baptized, now if your life reverses itself and you begin to uh, revel in sin, you change your life, you deny Christ, you curse God, uh, you live uh, as bad a life as you possibly could, committing every crime possible. Now you die, tell me what happens. He said, Bo, it's real simple. John 3.16. Once you're baptized, you're saved. Once you're saved, you're saved. That's it. For all time and eternity, there is nothing. You are saved. You are going to heaven no matter what you do. Well, this is a very nice, uh, I think, a very nice uh, axiom. If you get baptized, uh then you are saved, you can do anything you want to. But is this provable in the Scriptures? Is this true? It is not. And so does this mean that having an easy solution, you just join my church, you just get baptized my way, 
and nothing you do. You can go on out there and uh, jump in the river of sin and uh, enjoy yourselves, folks. You only live once. Do what feels good. And then you go to hell, let's say. Who are you going to be screaming and hollering and yelling about? The guy that told you, hey, it's okay. Where is he going to be? He's going to be one of those with his hands up trying to get the Messiah's attention when Christ looks and says, I never knew you, because they were teaching false doctrine. And that is why I I know and you probably got to say, Bo, we wish you wouldn't preach. As a matter of fact, uh, I was on uh, radio for years where we had about more than 300 AM, FM stations all across the United States. And about twice out of probably 50 times, I agreed to go to uh, radio communication conventions. And uh, during those, and our headquarters was out of Boston, Massachusetts. And during those times, I've had all kind of station managers uh, come up to me, all kinds of advertisers, and say, you know, Bo, uh, you could be uh, like Rush Limbaugh. I'm not sure I take that as a compliment, but they meant good. But there's a big difference, and I guess there's a lot of big differences, literally and figuratively. But they said, Bo, don't preach. Uh, if people wanted to hear God or the name Jesus Christ, which you can never say on open switch radio, uh, they would listen to Christian radio. They don't want to hear that. But friends, if I did not tell you the things that through my experiences in my life I have found to be pearls of great price, then I would not be doing my duty to you. So you can turn the radio off. You can say, Bo is the worst talk show host in the world. We like the way he understands special ops and gives us an analysis, having been a presidential candidate and having worked uh, in Congress for the Defense Department in both the House and the Senate. This guy understands government. Anytime the President of the United States will say, get Bo Greitz, there's got to be something good there. But we don't like it when he preaches. Well, sorry. But what I'm saying is, if you will go back and look at everything they did at the Council of Nicaea 1,700 years ago, and you will see how the religion, how the tenets, how the laws, everything that Christ, maybe not everything, but major issues that Christ taught that his apostles practiced were changed. They were changed so that they would match the pagan ways 
And those who made spiritual excuses say, well, we were hoping to Christianize these pagan holidays. Well, I ask you, is Christmas Christianized? Is Easter Christianized? And is this all right to be deceitful in trying to get people to come over and accept, for example, religion and Christ instead of paganism? I think that people should not be deceived. Now, there is, uh, in Buddhism, I've studied religions of the world. I went to college. I've got a degree that attests to this. I have studied these religions. I have lived with the Muslims. I've lived with the Buddhists. I've lived in places of Africa and where uh, there uh, is no uh, Christian or major religion. Rather, you know, it's uh, under voodoo and all kinds of weird stuff. The point is, is that it's either truth in Christianity or it is of the devil. You got one or the other. It's like you have only one form of government that gives you liberty and freedom. All of these demonstrators all over the world that say they are looking for equality, they're looking for liberty in all of these Middle Eastern countries, it's real simple. You must have a republic that works, and that's why we've got to work in America. The republic says that everyone, including the highest leaders, the mighty chiefs, the ones with guns and badges even, are all equal under the law. Now, that's the secret to liberty and to the pursuit of happiness. All right, and think about it. And so when you have people who are above the law, then you have a form. It can be communism. It can be a theocracy. Uh, it can be under a, uh, a king. Makes no difference. The people are not free, are they? All right, let me get a couple of things uh, down before we actually uh, run out of time. Don't forget Mother's Day on Sunday. They say, and I, I think they're worth a lot more than this, they say they've figured up and that if you had to pay a mother that stayed at home and kept the family and home together, it would you'd have to pay her $61,000. Now, that is assuming 29000 in child care. So if you don't have children, uh, now you can knock thirty k. You only have to pay them 31000 very frankly, I think uh, they leave off a lot of things that these mothers, these housewives, these homemakers, 
have to do. And it's worth far more than anything that would jingle in your pocket. And so have a different reason than they say the average family will spend $140, and that's probably Zales jewelry that's putting that out. Now, let me jump back and explain to you uh, about, uh, and I was talking to Frank, who is the operator owner of American Voice Radio during the break, and he says, Bo, I was uh, listening uh, to Frank uh, Luntz, who uh, is a poll taker, and uh, these professional poll takers are hired by, let's say, Fox News. And they tell the poll taker, what we want is to see numbers where Herman Cain wins the Republican debate. And so the Frank Luntzes of the world go out and they gather. How do they do that? Well, let me tell you. And when I lived in California, the phone rang one day. <laughs> and when I picked it up, they said, uh, hello, uh, we are uh, taking a poll. We'd like to take only a few minutes of your time. Uh, your answers are very, very valuable to us. And I said, okay. And they said, uh, first of all, are you a Democrat? And when I said uh, no, then they said, are uh, you going to vote for someone other uh, than uh, Bill Clinton? And when you say yes, then they say thank you for your time, and they hang up. Now, if I would have said, yes, I'm a Democrat, and no, I intend to vote for Bill Clinton, then they go ahead and ask you other questions and if you answer them. But as soon as you don't answer them properly, they say thank you, and they hang up. And so they use the figures of the people that they have vetted on the phone and say this number of people were surveyed, and uh, all of them said they liked Herman Cain. So that's why uh, before you can get an advanced uh, degree, a master's degree, in any college or university, worth its uh, its title, you must take a graduate course in statistics so that you understand how these figures are skewed. And so uh, I believe that Ron Paul, when people hear him, people that are concerned about America, they know what they hear, they feel, uh, what the Holy Spirit uh, would indicate to them, and they know that he is the right man. But when the Republican Party will slam the door in his face and not allow him to represent them, then what do you do when they... I mean, who is going to win this election? You think Herman Cain is more black than Obama, so that would... Uh, what? If, where is our... Uh, our Mexican, they are actually the majority of the minority. You know, and also, the Muslims are rapidly gaining. Where are, Where is their representation? And so we're going to have to extract head from rectal defilade this coming election in 2012 
or we're going to end up. <laughs> Can you imagine if Ron Paul runs as an independent? He is going to take away votes from, let's say, Herman Cain, if they were running him. And then Obama gets back in. So we have to look toward saving America. Uh, And right now, of course, this is a reason why I would suggest to you that maybe you search the scriptures and start reading them for yourself and try, just try doing what God has asked you to do rather than what the Council of Nicaea changed 1,700 years ago, and as if we were members of the tribes of Israel in Egypt, we have forgotten what God has ordered. We are doing what is popular with Ra, the sun god, or Istara, the goddess of fertility. You look at Memphis. There are 11 states that are flooding. There are all-time high watermarks for the Mississippi River. Friends, these weather phenomenons keep happening. They're not over, I fear. We need to come closer to God. And uh, Obama is coming closer. He's at Fort Campbell, Kentucky today. The 101st Airborne is there. He is glorifying the attack team the team of raiders, they kill 15 people. None of them was, of course, wounded. There was only one weapon used to fire some shots that didn't hit anything. That was from the Kuwaiti uh, courier at the gate when the raiders first entered the compound. All right, so bin Laden, they have found from the documents, did plan... He had an idea to attack the U.S. rail system. And I can guarantee you, the power grid in the United States and the rail grid in the United States are most vulnerable. And so it's only natural that uh, Osama bin Laden would have uh, keyed on both of those. But the rail grid, look how... Uh, exposed the rail lines are. And look how few uh, rail police we have. You know, we had more rail law enforcement uh, back a century ago than we got right now. We just keep cutting them back. And yet it exposes more and more of the tunnels and bridges and uh, rail areas that could do America a great deal of damage. All right, please, and oh, by the way, the last thing, Obama and his administration has now indicated that homosexual marriages may be conducted at military chapels. Uh, This is just another reason to wake up. All right, stay with American Voice Radio. Have a good weekend. Think about the Sabbath, and I'll check on you Monday. America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three when the Green Beret trained to live off nature's land.
Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. I would like to tell you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different. With all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added, their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at naturelogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Shanahan, and this is the Condition Critical Show. This is my live show for Thursday, the 5th day of May, 2016, four minutes past the 2 o'clock hour. And you're listening right here on the American Voice Radio Network. You can go to the American Voice Radio or AmericanVoiceRadio.com. That's the website for this network right here. And, yeah, you can get into the chat room there, and you can do a whole host of things there. I also have a website, ConditionCriticalShow.com. I have a blog there as well. Go there and check it out. I've got some things posted up on there. There's a few mistakes I have to uh, correct, though, and I haven't done that yet. Nevertheless, you can visit my website and my blog. There are donate links at both websites, that being AmericanVoiceRadio.com and ConditionCriticalShow.com. Please visit, visit those donate buttons and contribute anything that you can. At least go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click the Donate button, and donate $5. Frank would appreciate it, and so would I. Okay. What have I left out? There's call-in number, 1-800-932-1980. That'll get you on the air here if you would like to call in. Uh, I have a cell phone. My cell phone number is 253-973-2995. You can call me or send me a text message, but... As you know, if you call me during the show, I probably won't answer. Okay. I think that's about enough of that. Oh, I didn't really have a lot to go over today. I kind of went over a whole bunch yesterday. Uh, And and while I was looking for some things to go over, you know, I thought, eh. And I'm going to talk a little bit about politics here in a second or two. I'm not going to really start off with it. Uh. Well, what I was going to do, because last night in the chat room, there was a couple of interesting, well, I, I had called in the Frank show last night, and he had asked me a question uh, about, you know, who I thought, you know, Donald Trump would pick for his uh, vice president. And at the time, I, I didn't really have an answer, and I, I still really don't, because I really haven't given it much thought. So, it is, but it is an interesting question, so if you guys have any ideas on that, or who you may think, you know, he would pick as his running mate, why don't you kind of chime in in the chat room or something? Or even you can you can even call in and let me know what you think, 1-800-932-1980. But beyond that, there was another conversation in the chat room of, about uh, Supreme Court justices. And that was pretty interesting, I thought, because, uh, you know, one of my answers or, or one of my responses to the whole, you know, who should be the next Supreme Court justice, I had typed in the chat room that, it's my belief that Supreme, you know, it shouldn't be, you shouldn't have any lawyers, okay, on the Supreme Court. And that sounds kind of radical, I know. Because here's the thing, you know, the law is so convoluted that it's it's become, like, really complicated and hard to understand. And I think that they do that, I, I think they do that intentionally. And... So if, I think if you just have people on the Supreme Court that just are like really, you know, smart guys uh, that have a lot of common sense, you know, and that are fair-minded, I think that you would get much better. I just think you would get, you know, much better judgments. What, what we have now, hold on a second. There we go. What we have now on the Supreme Court are just, you know, people that think they're just so smart and, and know the law so well that they have... Well, they create their own laws. Hold on. Drink a water there. 
they become almost like, well, what, what I believe the Supreme Court has done, certainly over the last you know, 10 or 15 or 25 years, is they have become like an extension of Congress. They, they become like a, a legislative body, and that's not what the Supreme Court's supposed to be. So, again, and it was an interesting conversation, and, you know, again, I, I would like to, I'd be interested in what you guys think, you know, think about that. And I, and I mean it. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be outrageous or anything like that. I just don't think that there should be any lawyers on the Supreme Court. And, again, I know that, that sounds radical. It's like, what? But I just, just the way I feel. So, uh, I mean, look who we have on the Supreme Court now. You know, you have Elena Kagan, who is a creature. I think we all could agree on that. Is, is it a man? And you know, is it a woman? And and and, he, and even beyond that, that that creature has recused itself from numerous, uh, you know, what do you call it, uh, cases since it has been on the bench because of its, uh, you know, uh, relationship with Barack Hussein Obama. And so. That that creature is ineffective. Then you have Sonia Sotomayor. Wait a minute. Uh, Sonia Sotomayor. No. Yeah, I, I mispronounced her name. I, I think I'm pronouncing it right. Sonia Sotomayor. Well, anyway, you have Sonia Sotomayor, who is like the first affirmative action Supreme Court justice. I mean, she, she has no business being on the bench. She's only there because she's a Puerto Rican. That's it. And a woman. Then you have you have Ruth, what's her name, uh, Darth Vader Ginsburg, something like that. You have her. She's like, what, 287 years old? I mean, really? They, there was a, there's a YouTube video of her. It's some, I don't know, it's like some, you know, it's like some official event, you know, that Congress is having, you know, and all, Congress is there. And, and I think the president was speaking or something like that. It was some kind of gala event or something crap or whatever <laughs> and the camera zooms in on uh, ruth darth Vader ginsburg and she's like zonked out man she's her head slumped over you know and she's like you know kind of swaying you know and she's you know kind of falling over and bumping into the one of the other supreme court guys and and he's kind of nudging her and you know and she kind of looks up and i'm like holy moly she claimed she was drunk she really did she claimed that she had drank too much wine at dinner or something like that so this is a how old I, did I say she was again? She's like 348 years old, you know, and she's, you know, getting sloshed at some freaking, you know, White House dinner. So there you go. And who else do we have on the Supreme Court? You have John Roberts, who's supposedly a conservative, but we all know that he isn't. Or he is a conservative, but he's kind of a deviant conservative, and they have, like, pictures of him with farm animals, like doing things with farm animals because of, uh, of some of the, the uh, rulings that he has, you know, been in favor of okay so then we have him you know you know and really who else i mean you have clarence thomas he, he, clarence thomas of the uh you know his claim to fame is that uh what's his claim to fame he's the guy that puts pubic hair right on the top of a, a coke can or something like that didn't didn't he you know allegedly do something like that you know so there you go and i don't have to go through them all but one thing is for sure, and that is that the Supreme Court has become some kind of a legislative body, which is not what it's supposed to be. And it's just like anything else in government, you know, that needs to be flushed and it just needs to be, you know, uh, what am I trying to say here? It just needs to be done away with. 
maybe and start it over? And do we even need a Supreme Court? I mean, really, do we even need one? Well, in a moral and just society, and I know I always go to that, uh, at some kind of a fallback position for me, maybe. But it is my opinion that in a moral and just society, you, you know, you wouldn't need a, a Supreme Court because people would just, you know, do the right thing. And, you know, you know, the people would take care of, you know, the people would take care of the matter. You know, you wouldn't have to have like some Supreme Court with, with, with people that are, you know, totally divorced from the, the situation, you know, completely. But yet they still get to kind of rule on it and, and all that. And again, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So I stand by my, uh, my, you know, my belief that there shouldn't be any lawyers on the Supreme Court. So again, you can let me know, send me an email, call in, whatever. Okay. And now, like I said, I didn't have a lot to, you know, I didn't want to cover a lot of political stuff this afternoon because I don't know if it gets boring or if it just gets, I don't know, it just gets kind of uh, tedious sometimes or I don't know. You know, I, I get to my, you know, not wanting to, to, you know, hear about it myself sometimes. So, but hey, this is the world in which we live and we're having a presidential election. And so it is important to point out some of these, uh, some of the hypocrisy and some of the ridiculousness uh, that, that is going on out there. And, and, and also to point out how desperate these politicians are to stay in office at all costs. To, and not just to stay in office, but to get in office at all costs. Uh, these politicians, you know, they will do anything. They will do anything. And I don't even, and they're so pathological in their, you know, in their lying and in their hypocrisy that it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. These are the people that are ruling us. These are the people that are running our country. Now, who, to whom am I referring to at the, at the moment this afternoon? Well, none other than John McCain. That's right. John McCain, he, the two-time failed presidential candidate, and this is from, let me see, this is off of Politico, and the headline is McCain on tape. Trump damages my re-election hopes. Let's see, here it goes. If Donald Trump is at the top of the ticket, the senator says in a recording obtained by Politico, this may be the race of my life. That's what he said. Publicly, John McCain insists Donald Trump will have a negligible effect on his campaign for re-election. But behind closed doors at a fundraiser in Arizona last month, the Republican senator and two-time presidential hopeful offered a far more dire assessment to his supporters. And here it is. This is a quote from... uh, McCain, if Donald Trump is at the top of the ticket here in Arizona with over 30% of the vote being Hispanic, no doubt this may be the race of my life, McCain said, according to a recording, recording of the event obtained by Politico. If you listen or watch Hispanic media in the state and in the country, wait a minute, let me start over. If you listen or watch Hispanic media in the state and in the country, hmm, why do we have Hispanic media in, in this country or in one of the states of the union, I would have to ask. Anyway. You will see that it is all anti-Trump. The Hispanic community is roused and angry in a way I've never seen in 30 years. Now, I'll play the audio here. Uh, let's see, here it is. And it's, it's kind of muffled, uh, but I think you'll hear it. I think you'll be able to hear it just fine. So here's McCain, uh, and I, I don't know if he knew he was being recorded. So here it is. Let me see. I got my control set. Here we go.
Okay. There we go. Okay, so that's John McCain. I hope you heard that. Okay, like I said, it's, 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 the mic is obviously you know n- not very close to uh, this idiot. So I hope you heard that. And and the reason I'm bringing this up is is because he mentions later on in the article here about how, and he kind of touched on it a bit here in this audio about uh, how Trump wants to build a wall, right? And that's, he came out and he said that, remember, he said that we're going to build a wall, you know, we're going to make the Mexicans pay for it. And he also said, and I don't have the direct quote and I'm going to paraphrase because it has been butchered. I believe it's been butchered and taken out of context. And that is how he said that, you know, Mexico only sends us their rapists and murderers, which by the way, whether it's taken out of context or not, doesn't matter because it was true. It is a true statement. That is all, that is what they, that is who comes up here, obviously. So you know, what was wrong with saying that? But the hypocrisy, John McCain, I don't know if he remembers, but I do. And you can YouTube it. I'm sure you can. And I haven't done it. Uh, you know, I, and I'm not going to really do it this afternoon. You can do it yourself. Uh, and I believe it was the last time he ran. Yeah, it was the last time that he ran for president. And he had a campaign, uh, a campaign commercial, you know, with him walking uh, along the border, right? And I think he was walking along with a Border Patrol agent, and he had a Border Patrol jacket on, and, you know, he had the hat on, you know, Border Patrol, and, and he's, you know, you got all this touchy-feely music going on, and he's he's boasting about how, oh, boy, if you elect me, I'll build that wall, and I'll finish the wall, and blah, 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 right? So that this is the same guy, you know, that, that did that, and then he's going to accuse uh, Donald Trump of being some kind of a racist against the, the Hispanics or the Latinos, which I could give a flying crap about them. I care about the American people. I mean, you shouldn't be, again, and why pander to, what does he call them, maybe 20% or, well, what difference does it make of the population that they are when nearly 100% of them, well, that's not, that's, that's kind of unfair, but there's a the vast majority, the vast majority, eh, and again, I don't want to be—I don't want to exaggerate or be unfair. But you—but you catch my drift. That you have, you know, we have how many illegal aliens? And of course, in this—in this—this uh, article, they're not referred to as illegal aliens. They're referred to in the new language out there, uh, like uh, undocumented workers or you know, undocumented immigrants. You know, they won't call them what they really are, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. And it proves—it proves. It proves how our media and how our government don't care about the American people. So I just thought I'd point that out because uh, <laughs> it really just blows my mind. I mean, I just, I kind of, I was shocked out of my chair, you know, when I, I saw the headline and I started reading it and I'm thinking, Oh my God, this guy, you know, this is, this is how desperate John McCain is. And what is he, he's seeking like a sixth term in the Senate. I mean, if there was ever a call or if there was ever a time for term limits or a, or a poster boy for term limits, well, I guess you could put the whole Congress on that poster. Uh, but there are some that are worse than others. And John McCain, he, I, he's a really disgusting person, and I just can't stand him. I just can't stand him. He, he and there are others, uh, Charles Schumer, I can't stand him, uh, Feinstein, Barbara Boxer, and, and you have just a few, Harry Reid. These are bad people. These are just bad, evil SOBs that 
you know, need to be put in prison, as far as I'm concerned. Something interesting that you may not know. Uh, let me see if I can find it. I, I wasn't really going to talk about it, but it is interesting. A couple things. John McCain's son recently has come out. And what, what was John McCain's son uh, bloviating about here? Let me see. Oh, just something you may not have known just in the meantime, while I'm looking for that John, McC- or John McCain's son thing. Uh, George H.W. Bush, you know, Bush the first, the 41st president, and George W. Bush, the 43rd president, they came out and said they won't be endorsing Trump. So I just thought, I don't know, just thought you guys might want to know that. Yeah, they, they both came out, uh, along with Jeb Bush, by the way. And Jeb Bush didn't, you know, he didn't come out, you know, in, in, you know entirely, you know, and say he wasn't going to uh, back Trump. Because as you all know, he's still, well, no, he's not in politics anymore, is he? He's not the governor anymore. So I don't know why he kind of hedged on that. But anyway, I just thought I'd point that out to you. All right, let me see if I can find uh, what uh, John McCain's son uh, was. Here it is. He, John McCain's son bashes critics of Old Navy interracial family ad. That's right. You heard it here first. Old Navy is a store, like a clothing store, I guess. You know, kind of like the Gap or something like that. Uh, you know, they sell kind of trendy jeans and shirts and what all. Old Navy, yeah. John McCain, John McCain's son bashes critics of Old Navy interracial ad. Oh, see, because uh, Captain, it is, John McCain, I don't know, does he call himself Junior? That doesn't say that here. Uh, he's a helicopter pilot, and apparently he has a black wife, and that must be her in the picture right there. She appears to be a captain as well, and he's got the big smiling face right there. And just by the way, I don't know if he thinks that endears him with the black community, because as I've always said, and I will continue to say, at the end of the day, they only see him as being white. That's it. So he can, you know, he can pretend like he's, uh, you know, whatever he wants to pretend he, he is. At the end of the day, the blacks only see him as uh, being a white guy. And white people, like myself, see him as being a race traitor. So I'll read from the article briefly here. Lieutenant Jack McCain usually keeps a pretty low profile on social media, but after an old Navy ad featuring an interracial couple received racist backlash, uh, backlash last week, the Navy helicopter pilot threw in his two cents, and then some. McCain, who was the son of Arizona Senator John McCain, tweeted photos of himself and his wife, Captain Renee Swift McCain. There you go. That's a good hyphenated name there. An Air Force Reserve officer who is black, both in uniform and at their 2013 wedding, with a message for any haters. And that message is, eat it! That's what they say. That's what it says. The mere fact that this is a conversation in the year 2016 is disheartening enough. And why this type of... And why this type of response, like the one aimed at Old Navy, merits conversation, McCain told Navy Times Tuesday. The apparel ad, a tweet promoting a 30% off sale, went out Friday morning. While it was met with plenty of support, the store also received a barrage of responses from people who don't appreciate the image of a white father, a black mother, and their mixed son. Which is different, by the way. And it's clever. Well, it's certainly different. I was at the mall, and I rarely go to the mall, or any store for that matter, you know. But I had to get something. Uh, I had to take care of something. I had to do something. And one of the key, they have kiosks, you know, there's kiosks in the mall. And so there was one in particular one I wanted to go to. I had a problem with my my prescription sunglasses, no big deal. And they, they have this cool little device to, you know, to fix the frame. And anyway, so as I'm, as I'm walking, uh, 
you know, down the hallway, you know, these big wide hallways, you got the, the, the mall, right? You got all these stores and this, that, and the other thing. And I was, you know, because I noticed things, I'm observant, and I noticed all these advertisements uh, of, of black guys with white women, you know, just, you know, they're all hugging and they're, you know, they're holding hands and, and they're, you know, all being all intimate. You know, they're trying to sell you, I don't know, whatever, a pair of jeans or some sneakers or whatever it was they're trying to sell. And I just thought, I mean, why? Well, because that's just how they brainwash people into thinking that we're all the same when we're really not. So this photo, this photo, like I said, is kind of clever because it does show a white guy, a white dude, and you got, you got, the, you got the black gal right there, and then you got... And you know what? The kid uh, does not look mixed race at all. Uh, you know, he, he, you know, he looks, he looks 100% black. So they kind of screwed that up. But anyway, uh, and Hey, I mean, people have a right to their opinion. Do they not? Uh, look, I'm not the only one, obviously that thinks that uh, race mixing is, is not a good idea. Uh, you know, I mentioned it before and you can find it on YouTube. Uh, where Muhammad Ali has come out, you know, he has numerous, there are numerous clips on YouTube of Muhammad Ali uh, speaking out against, you know, interracial marriage. And I'll paraphrase some of his commentary. He said something like in, in one of the uh, clips that, and I think I went over this before, he said something like, uh, you know, marriage is hard enough, you know, you, you, between a man and a wife, you know, it's just hard enough. You got everyday things and what have you. And again, I'm paraphrasing. And he's, he's like, so why would I, you know, why would I, you know, complicate that or make things harder by, you know, having a white wife. It just, he doesn't think that that, that makes any sense. And he was right. And this is, you know, from a, a long time ago, by the way, I would, I would imagine that that clip was uh, from the early seventies. I don't think it was, it could have been the sixties, late sixties, but certainly the early seventies. So again, it was a long time ago. And he said something else like, he's like, man, I, I, I love my, my black heritage and, and my, you know, my black wife. And he's there and I, you know, I want my, my kids, my babies to look like me and to, and to look like my wife, you know, you, you get a white wife and you know, they don't look like either one of you, you know, and he's right, you know? So I don't get what, I don't get the whole race mixing thing either. And, uh, and so John McCain jr, you know, he can, and here's another picture of him, you know, he would a dork, you know, what just what a complete freaking sellout and a, and a freaking dork. And what a sissy, what a punk, you know, but Hey, the apple doesn't far, fall, fall far from the tree. So there you go. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Something else interesting that you may not know. And I'm sure you've heard about it. I have just a little bit of time before the break. Let me see here. Did you know a Navy seal? Here it is. A Navy seal was killed uh, in a, now they're saying ISIS, but I have a couple other articles here that are just as relevant as this one. One of them has Jimmy Carter uh, defining uh, defining it the other way as ISIL, and then there's another one defining it as ISIS. And I went over that like last week. How they don't know they don't have their vocabulary right. They don't have their acronyms right for this so-called terrorist organization. But what I found interesting about this Navy SEAL that was killed is he's the grandson of Charles Keating. It's it come to come to be. If you guys all remember who Charles Keating is, I don't think he's is he still alive. I didn't haven't looked it up. Charles Keating, remember and. See how that kind of ties in? McCain was mixed up with Keating, and it, they were, he was part of the Keating Five. They were part of that, like, SNL scandal. I'm, I'm sure you guys have, uh, remember that. And perhaps after the break, uh, I will read. I will. I'll just read from the article after the break, because I thought, hmm, what's going on here? Is there might be some payback, some, some retribution, you know, going on here? Uh, I don't know. It sounds kind of conspiratorial, I know, but 
uh, I just found it interesting. Charles Keating's grandson was this Navy SEAL who was killed in Iraq recently. And when was this? Uh, this is back on May 3rd. So what? We're just at the 5th. So, uh, you know, this is pretty recent. So after we come back from the break, guys, I will, uh, let me see here. Yeah, I will, uh, I'm a bit distracted. I was reading something. I'll read from this article. I'll see you after the break, guys.
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. make the aspirin mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with Salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
bars closed down Brandy walks through a silent town And loves a man who's not around She still can't hear him say She hears him say Brandy Condition Critical Show. This is my live show for Thursday, the 5th of May, 2016, 39 minutes past the 2 o'clock hour. I'm kind of chuckling about some some of the chitter-chatter going on back and forth in the old chat room there. Uh, Yeah, no slam music this afternoon, guys. I hope you weren't disappointed there. Uh, No slam music. Uh, Thank you, Andrew, for that. I don't see Andrew today in the chat room, by the way. Do I? Let me scroll up. No? That's okay. Uh, yeah, no slam music. A little bit of, uh, I don't know what do you call that. That's just some kind of 70s uh, top 40, you know, kind of stuff going on there. A bit mainstream uh, top 40 stuff. But I'm still kind of staying away from, uh, you know, modern day kind of mainstream stuff there. I, I may drift back into it or, or migrate back to it here, uh, you know, at some point. But there are some artists that I just simply will not uh, play on the American Voice Radio Network any longer, and you all know who they are. So that was uh, Gordon Lightfoot. Really like his stuff in Looking Glass. And like the guy in the chat, like Spudman has said in the chat room, uh, those guys are really good, and, and I thought so as well. And why didn't they do better? Well, uh, yeah, just check the chat room for, <laughs> for my uh, answer to that. Okay, let us, let me go back to this article here. Uh, now, this is a different article, because that first article I read from, okay, you, you obviously got the headline, but they didn't identify who the who this Navy SEAL was. And it's since come out that this Navy SEAL was the grandson of Charles Keating. And so I wanted to, uh, and this is from Newsbusters, and the headline here is, AP, that being the Associated Press, uses soldiers' death to smear his grandfather. You heard it right. AP uses soldiers' death and... Just for the record, he wasn't a soldier. Army guys are soldiers. Okay, he was in the Navy, and so he's either, uh, you know, like a, a swabby or he's a SEAL or a sailor. Uh, you don't call guys in the Navy say, uh, soldiers. Uh, and, and that's just how it is. You know, they're, they're sailors. Uh, Army guys are soldiers, and Marines are Marines. And Air Force guys are like flyboys. Okay, that's, that's, how, that's the correct, you know, kind of terminology there, uh, myth, uh, news busters. So, and this is from Tom Blummer. So Tom Blummer, you know, you need to kind of brush up on your, you know, your vocabulary there. Honest mistake, I'm sure. Let me read from this article, though, because it is interesting. The establishment press seemingly never misses an opportunity to smear a conservative or business person's reputation upon their death. For those who need reminders, see how the AP went after Tony Snow in 2008 and how the New York Times treated Cracker Barrel, Cracker Barrel founder Danny Evans in 2012, and I guess I wasn't familiar with the New York Times did to the founder of the Cracker Barrel, which uh, I'm sure you guys have. I don't think there's any Cracker Barrels out here on the West Coast. I could be wrong. I think they're more of an East Coast kind of, I don't know, kind of like a, not like a Denny's, but uh, 
you know, kind of sort of like that, just kind of a sit down kind of folksy. Uh, I don't think I've actually ever been at one. I mean, I'm aware of them. And again, I don't know if there's any out here on the West Coast. I could be wrong. But for those of you who may not be aware of what Cracker Barrel is, it's just it's like a it's just like a restaurant type deal. It's no big deal. Uh, they are quite big, by, uh, by the way, though. I mean, they, they are quite big. So anyway. Today, the AP took matters a step further, using the occasion of, a, and he says it again, a soldier's death to smear his late grandfather. Charles Keating IV is the Navy SEAL who died in Iraq on Tuesday. His grandfather was the late Charles Keating Jr. Given the elder Keating's historical prominence, the wire service would have been remiss if it had failed to note the family, family lineage. But in both its early breaking story and in a later, more detailed write-up, the AP treated what Charles Keating did decades ago as more important than a soldier who died yesterday. Uh, well, hey, uh, newsflash there, uh, Tom, newsflash. Yeah, what he did was a big deal. That was a freaking big deal, okay? That was like the mother of all uh, scandals, uh, one of them back then. So what the hell, man? It is important, to, or it is at least noteworthy to point that out, that that guy was a scumbag and that McCain was tied up with him. I wonder how all this is, you know, you know, see how it's kind of, you know, you can kind of sort of connect some, some dots here. I, I, you know, I don't know. I'm just, maybe I'm just being too conspiratorial. It goes on. Here was the breaking story as it appeared at 7.51 p.m. on Tuesday. And now this is kind of a scaled-down version of another article, so it's a bit hard to read, so bear with me. And the headline here on this article is, Navy SEAL killed in Iraq identified as an Arizona native. The Navy SEAL killed in Iraq has been identified as Charles Keating, the fourth grandson of late uh, Arizona financier involved in the savings and loan scandal, and that's what he's trying to point out. Uh, it, instead of you know focusing I, focusing on you know the, the the death of a soldier as he calls him, and he's wrong, it's a sailor that that's somehow more important, or that we're supposed to celebrate that, you know. And that's how that's how our media is, you know. Uh, they, that's how they they get people to uh, you know play on people's emotions, you know, and. All our brave soldiers and our brave airmen and, and sailors and Marines are over there fighting for our freedoms and 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 you know we need to lower the flags to half staff and all. This. Hey, look, man, uh, what what really are our troops fighting for? You know, if you really think about it. And I have an article that I have, and I need to clean it up a little bit. It's on my blog. It actually doesn't even have a title because I couldn't think of a title for it. And I'm not necessarily finished with it. Actually, I'm not finished with it. And it's, uh, I'm going to kind of uh, clean it up and add some things to it. Uh, you know, but I can read from it briefly. And it just starts off, well, fighting for one's nation, this nation, as a valiant soldier, is a thing of the past. In fact, our soldiers are no longer even soldiers anymore. They're nothing more than mercenaries now, representing a wholly illegitimate and corrupt government. Am I wrong? If I'm wrong, point, if I'm wrong call in and tell me so. Because I don't think I am. I went on, and I said that, and, and that's being polite, I, I stated, and, and then I further went on and said, because I could have said that our government is wholly evil, and I would have still been right. But I didn't. See, I was trying not to be a hothead there. And then I, I went on to say for any nation to send their soldiers off to fight uh, and die in war should be a big deal, or at the very least be taken more seriously. Instead, our soldiers go off to fight and most li likely die in armed conflicts for things that the vast majority of us simply do not agree with. And I went on to, um, to, to point things out, like homosexual rights, and that's just a fact, like abortion rights, that's just a fact. Or how about the uh, legitimization of illegal immigration? That's just a fact. So our soldiers, we don't go anymore for just causes. We go places, our government sends our troops, 
places uh, for things that, you know, the average guy down the street, if he only knew, he would not be in favor of that. So our soldiers go over and fight and die for nothing. And they do. They die for nothing. And I, I was a soldier, so, you know, I, I don't think I'm out of line by saying that uh, what we have now is just a freaking gang of mercenaries. And, you know, hey, I was young once, too. And believe me, you know, I was gung-ho, too. And, you know, I'm not that naive or I'm not that I, I don't want to sound like some kind of a hypocrite because, you know what, things probably weren't. In fact, they weren't any different back when I was in in the uh, early 80s. They were the same. You know, they were the same. We were going off and doing things and uh, and killing people and blowing stuff up uh, for the wrong reasons. Okay, so I just thought I'd point that out to you. And now look, I, okay, the guy's dead, and that's unfortunate. It is. I mean, it is. It is unfortunate. You know, I don't. I don't want. I don't want our our, our soldiers and our you know Marines and airmen and so forth and sailors uh, getting their freaking heads blown off either. But you know what? Uh, he shouldn't have been there. And you know that's really the bottom line is that. We shouldn't be there. And by the way, what the hell are we still doing in Iraq? What, what are we still doing in Iraq, Mr. Obama? Wasn't he the one that said, now, I don't remember the whole thing, but did he not say something like in his first hundred days? Because, you know, these presidents, they do this whole first hundred days things. And, you know, and I was going to look it up. But he did say that he was going to get us out of Iraq and he was going to end these wars. Well, I pointed out, and many others have, is that he hasn't ended the wars. In fact, he started other ones and escalated ones that we were already in. It's unbelievable, the hypocrisy. What else did he say? He was going to close Guantanamo Bay. Remember that? Well, uh, we don't see that closed yet, do we? So, uh, yeah. There's no reason for our uh, troops to be anywhere but right here in this country defending this nation. From right here. From right here. And, 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 you know, and it's no wonder, like, I think I pointed it out yesterday. It, it's no wonder the, the rest of the world hates us. You know, we have, what did I say yesterday? I pointed out that, that, that we have, that our government has eight openly gay ambassadors. How do you think nations feel about that when we send homosexual ambassadors to their nation as an ambassador to nations that maybe, you know, don't agree with that, uh, that practice? Who the hell do we think we are when we do something like that? And then we wonder why they strap 50 pounds of TNT to their back and walk into a Starbucks somewhere and detonate themselves, killing innocent people. But are we really innocent? Are civilians, are American civilians, certainly abroad, but here at home as well, are we truly innocent? I don't believe we are. We're responsible for the government that we have. We are responsible, and we cannot pass that buck off to our government. Well, it was... uh, uh, you know, George Bush, you know, uh, it was uh, Barack Hussein Obama. Oh, it was Hillary Clinton. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Yeah, it might have been them, but we put them there. We put them there time and time and time and time and time and time again, over and over and over and over again. We put the same politicians back in office. We're responsible for them. That's right, us. Oh, but you know what? We're too busy, no, dancing with the stars in Monday Night Football to be concerned about these matters. You know, we want others to go do our dirty business for us. You know, and I believe, you know, that, you know, our military is filled up with, uh, not filled up, but there are many, many brave and honorable people that are in the military. I will say that, but we do not belong overseas. And when we go overseas to other countries wreaking havoc, uh, you know, with the American flag behind us, you know, for so-called, uh, and 
I'm not the only one that has said this. Hillary Clinton has come out and said it numerous times, and so has John Kerry, that we need to go places, and I'm paraphrasing, and, and, and what did they say, uh, spread like uh, Western-style democracy on people, something like that. And then Pat Buchanan, and I'm going to paraphrase here too, I'm not reading from the article, he's come out and said, how can you, how can you implement Western-style democracy in cultures that are diametrically opposed to that type of you know, culture? It's, it, it's, it's impossible. It is impossible to do, but yet we keep trying it. Why? Why? I got to ask. <laughs> Frank points it out. You know, we're, you know, we have we have a government that implements policies. Let's say they implemented a hundred policies next week. A hundred of them. Well, I was going to say all hundred of them would be failures, but you know, nothing's a hundred percent. But ninety-nine of them would fail. So, what do you think the government would do then? Well, they would just keep doing them. They would enhance them or or expand them. You know. There's not a policy that the U.S. government has that they just won't get rid of, that they don't like, even if it doesn't work. And so what we've been doing, what, certainly what we've been doing since the early 90s when we uh, you know, invaded Kuwait, when it all started, we just keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And then we've done more. You know, then we're in Syria. Then we're in Afghanistan. Then we're in Libya. We're all over the, all over the freaking globe, mostly in the Middle East and, and, and what have you, just wreaking havoc. And again, I don't want to be redundant, but it is important to point out, then we wonder why, and we wonder why, you know. And some others might say, oh, that's kind of a weak argument when you say that, you know, the whole thing like, uh, you know, like if we weren't over there, because I've said this, that if we weren't over there, they wouldn't be over here. And see, people don't like to hear that, you know, especially uh, warmongers. Warmongers and our politicians don't like to hear that because, see, it doesn't suit their needs. You know, it, this is just further proof. And, and, and you know what? It's pretty sickening and disgusting proof of how our government simply just does not care about people. They just simply don't care about people. They'll send our military into complete meat grinders and leave them there. Just complete meat grinders. And, and when the, the, the uh, unit is uh, de, de, you know, depleted to near a zero, they'll just send more people over. Just keep sending people. So keep sending people. And how do they do this? There's a process. There is a process. You could just drive down the freeway and look at the billboards. You know, the Marines and the Brave, they, you know, he's got the standing at attention. And, you know, and then you got the, the Army guy re- repelling out of a helicopter. And you got the, the fighter jet, you know, and all this. And, you know, you get people all whipped into a frenzy about patriotism and serving their country, right? If people really knew what the hell they were, what they were doing when they're over there. And, again, I was young once, too. But if, if they really knew what they were doing over there, uh, I think maybe that they would, you know, say something about it and, and wouldn't do it, you know. But again, I was young once, too. And, hey, when you're young and you get to play with, like, a, an M249 or, like, a, a you know, a, an M240 Bravo, you know, or a Mark 19, hey, that's some pretty cool stuff, you know. And, and you know, who doesn't like to shoot things and blow stuff up, you know. But when you do that, when what we've been doing over the years uh, has, been, has come at a, a, a freaking tremendous cost. We have our government, us, again, and I'm going to get away from calling it or saying our government because it's us. It's us, the American people. We're, we're responsible. You know, it would be irresponsible to pass the buck off onto, uh, you know, our politicians because we're the ones that put them there, whether the elections are rigged or not. And that's kind of an argument that I think or that's kind of an accusation, I think, that should not be used or should, that should be used 
but used sparingly, okay? Because most of the time when people say, all oh, the elections are rigged, it's just an excuse because they don't want to really talk about the issues, because they, they don't really want to admit to themselves that they have a part to play in this, okay? So I have gotten away from that, that all the elections are rigged and it doesn't matter anyway and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, some of that's true, and it really is. And I mean no disrespect to anybody, by the way, but at the same time, we are responsible. I said it yesterday. I think I say it every week. You know, if our elections are rigged, then it's up to us to unrig them and to make and to make them work for us, right? We can't act as if we have no control. We simply can't act as if we don't have any control at all. But yet, that seems that how we're acting. Like we have nothing. There's nothing that we can do about it. Like there's not a damn thing that we can do about it. And I'm sorry. That can't, couldn't be further from the truth as far as I'm concerned, because there is something that we can do about it, okay? Or, or look, guys, or look. I mean, because there's really only like two or three choices here, about three. We can either keep going the, 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 the way we are, the course that we're on, okay, which that's not going to be good for us. We already know that because that's we're in it right now. Or we can change it, right? Or, or we can go over and get our rifles out of our safe and just start this thing. So... Which one? I mean, obviously the easiest one would be to try and fix this thing before a shooting war starts, like a real revolution. Another one. That would be the easiest thing to do. I think that most people would rather go that route, don't you? That's the route I would rather go. I mean, I know it sounds like, uh, and I have in the past come out and, you know, uh, and I am, you know, I'm not going to contradict myself uh, or, or backtrack or flip-flop. I am a proponent of armed revolution. I am. I think that's the only... I do think at the end of the day that that's probably the only thing that's going to get us out of this mess. But on the other hand, uh, you know, I'm not unwilling, uh, you know, to try and do this thing differently or to try and do it differently or, or in a peaceful manner, because I think I have stated time and time again that, okay, we've got an election coming up here. You know, we have another chance to do this. We can, you know, we have another chance to do this and try and do it right. And, and that's, you know, I think that that is how the majority of the people, you know, would like to do things. Okay. So there you go. All right, guys. Well, I got a few minutes left here. I was losing track of time there for a bit. So it was getting close to the end of the show though. Uh, again, visit my blog, conditioncriticalshow.com. At my blog, you can check out the many articles that I write. And I put some other uh, different things on there last night that you might be uh, interested in looking at and, and so forth. Uh, but you can contact me through my blog as well. You can call me on my cell phone, 253-973-2995. Call or text me. Uh, I, do, I do look forward to hearing you know, from, from any of you guys, and I have gotten some comments. I, I have gotten some emails. Uh, and for those of you that have you know, sent those to me, I appreciate it, and you know who you are. Uh, but yeah, uh, and it's helpful too. At the same time, and, you know, it's encouraging m- more than anything else. It's it's encouraging for me to know that you know guys are checking out my blog and just kind of reading the, the little goofy articles that I write. I mean, you know, and, and I'm I'm not putting myself down, but I know I'm not any kind of a Pat Buchanan or anything like that. Uh, but I do put a lot of effort into it, and I really enjoy it. You know, I'm, and I think I'm getting a little bit better at it uh, as far as that goes. Uh, hey, start a blog. You know, that's something I talked about yesterday. I mean, you know. You know, at, at a minimum, you you know, you can start a blog. I think it's a, I think it's a great way to express yourself and to get your message out there. And 
and to get a, like a, just another voice out there, another message out there. And it's real easy to do. I mean, I, I didn't actually do the whole thing myself. Uh, a fella in the chat room who will go unmentioned has helped me greatly in my blogging endeavor. So I appreciate that. Uh, but it is kind of cool. It's kind of fun. You can kind of mess around with it. And it's, it's a real good way to get your, your, your thoughts and, and your ideas out there, guys. So if you don't have a blog, uh, and it doesn't take a lot of time because it's something you just do on your own, you know. Alrighty, guys. There's the music. It's the end of the show. It's the end of me for this week. I won't be back until next Wednesday. So I would like to thank each and every one of you for listening. God bless each and every one of you. And two things. Two things now, guys. Remember this. Freedom comes from the sword. And be all that you can be. Become a domestic terrorist. See you next week. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere 
with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
welcome to New World Order Info, and I'm your host, Melissa Roxanne. Melissa Roxanne, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen to AVR. And it is my live show tonight on Monday, May 2nd, 2016. And I've been giving you info on MSM, also known as Organic Sulfur, for a few shows now. So I'm going to continue on with that tonight and maybe get into some other health information as well. So let's see here. Let me, let me uh, do something real quick. I didn't have a chance to sign into chat, so I'm going to do that just to make sure that everything is going okay out over the air, etc. So um, you can do the same thing. It's really easy to come into the chat room and you just need to pick a username and password and uh, you know give us an email address, etc. And that's about all there is to it. And then you know, join us in the chat room. It's that easy. So I got in there that quickly. I didn't even uh, I just I just typed in a chat chat dot americanvoiceradio dot com or you can just go to our website and click on the chat link on the left hand side of the page at the top. So there's several people in there now. Okay. So I'm gonna finish up on this book which I have here, this little booklet, The MSM Miracle, Enhance Your Health with Organic Sulfur by Dr. Earl L. Mendel, Ph.D. And uh, he's the author of a few things like, I don't know all of his books, but I'm just looking at the one I have here. I've told you before, he wrote Earl Mendel's Vitamin Bible. I do have that book somewhere around here. I've had it for a long, long, long time. I don't know, long before I moved here. And then he also wrote one of these Good Health Guides, which is a Keats, K-E-A-T-S, Good Health Guide, like the one I have here. And it was on Amazing Apple Cider Vinegar, so that's the title for that one if you want to look for it. And I have a few different ones of these uh, Keats Good Health Guides as well. So, um, okay, I'm just going to get into the very last bit of this little booklet here. The rooster apparently is outside crowing. Okay, let's see here. All right, so mental normalcy in people is demonstrated by alertness and an inner calmness that is not subject to sharp mood swings. What literature suggests, what literature exists suggests that individuals on MSM generally report increased alertness, a plateau of mood changes and very infrequent depression. A few subjects taking depression medication observed that MSM relieved their depression within hours. And they say rather than days. And I told you how I felt about that last week and I've told you many other times, you know, I'm totally against antidepressants by big pharma, of course. So you know how I feel about that. 
Um, students report that while on MSM, their ability to concentrate is enhanced. The most useful application for MSM seen to date in the field of mental normalizing is as an aid to the terminally ill to relieve anxiety and depression. And he says, try up to 9,000 milligrams per day, which would equal 9 grams, which is about 2 teaspoons per day, is what he's saying to start with. Um, and then taper down to 3,000 milligrams. So that's what he he would do. Um, anyway, and then for lung dysfunction, in one study, seven subjects with respiratory deficiency were given MSM to take by mouth. Five had emphysema, two had lung tumors plus fluid accumulation. Before and during the test period at two-week intervals, the five subjects with emphysema were required to walk a measured distance compatible with their physical capabilities. Within four weeks of beginning to take MSM, all emphysema sufferers had at least doubled their walking distance. The two subjects with lung tumors were assessed by attending physicians and nurses and their family as being more alert and with a better attitude than before the test. The lung fluid had disappeared during the first months of the test period. MSM could be introduced into the lungs and bronchial tree as a solution in aerosol form. Okay, now we're moving on to talk about oral hygiene. Subjects who had not had professional dental cleaning for at least four to six months and who demonstrated minor yet discernible gum inflammation, so their gums were swollen, probably due to plaque irritation, were given a commercial toothpaste or powder mixed half with the toothpaste or powder and half with MSM, which they used twice a day. Following one week of use, the oral mucosa were free of signs of inflammation, so the swelling was gone. And vitamin C gets rid of inflammation as well. And in other tests, subjects with bad breath associated with smoking or food such as onion or garlic reduced or eliminated the bad breath by cleansing the teeth and mouth with a preparation containing MSM. And he suggests here begin with a dosage of up to 10,000 milligrams of MSM per day, which is 10 grams, so that would be about two and a half teaspoons of MSM per day with a measuring spoon, that is, because teaspoons, if you're just going to use an ordinary one, could be, you know, not equal to what a measuring spoon would measure, so always use a measuring spoon. And then he says, once results are observed, gradually reduce the dosage to 3,000 milligrams daily. Okay, so now we'll talk about insect bites and sunburn. MSM reacts with foreign protein, such as venom and toxins, injured, infect, I'm sorry, <laughs> let me start over, injected by insects by locking them up neutralizing the poisons, which can then be harmlessly eliminated. Subjects in a test who took MSM daily 
had much milder reactions to insect bites with a significant reduction in post-bite irritation and itching. MSM is also reported to take the itch out of poison ivy and poison oak. And I got that after moving here years ago, probably a couple different times, and I'm telling you, it took me months to get rid of that poison oak. And we have a lot of poison oak here, even on this property, and... You know, it's out by the gate, um, and it's just springing up all over the place and getting bigger and bigger. And uh, I'm not very fond of it because of what happened to me. Um, and I didn't even know it was poison oak at the time. So I got it really badly, but really bad. But um, every time I have to go out to the gate and close the gate and lock the gate and do some other stuff out there before I leave, um, I'm basically you know, touching the poison oak, which is not a good thing. Um, but so far, I haven't gotten it. Um, but vitamin C would be something good to take, you know, to help uh, not probably hopefully get it. And then the MSM, and then if one did get it, that's what I would definitely do is take uh, the MSM, the organic sulfur, and vitamin C. And those are both great for allergies, et cetera. And so that could help to, you know, nullify it. And vitamin C gets rid of all known toxins, and MSM gets rid of toxins, takes the trash out of your body. So those would be good. And they work together, um, you know, synergistically. They work better together. And I don't agree with anybody that says they don't. Um, and Dr. Earl Mendel said right here in this book that they do work great, you know, synergistically together, better together, so. But uh, MSM will take the itch out of poison ivy and poison oak, and it'll cause a significant reduction in itching, and if one gets by an insect, you know, bitten by an insect, uh, the irritation and itching from that. So, um... I wouldn't be using, I think, meat tenderizer, some people recommend to use. Um, but if it's that powder in, like, the, the spice and the herb aisle, I think that has MSG in it, but I could be wrong. But if it has monosodium glutamate or any word that means monosodium glutamate and um, MSG, you know, be sure and read the, the label, and I would not use that. Um so because MSM contributes contributes significant permeability and pliability properties to all tissues, including the skin, it prevents blistering and promotes faster healing from sunburn or wind damage. People who took from one half to two grams, which is 500 to 2,000 milligrams of MSM, suffered only mildly after about four hours of exposure to summer sun and wind, while their companions who took no MSM were severely sun and wind burned. In cases involving the skin, lotions containing MSM would be the preferred form of application. That's what he says. Um, it all depends on the lotion. It could be full of chemicals and be very bad for you. And I happened to read a comment and hide everyone in the chat room. Somebody's saying hi to me.
but I happened to read a comment, and I wish I had it here in front of me. Supposedly it was by Keanu Reeves, the actor, um, and he, you know, here's what he said. He said that he had a friend, and this friend's mom did everything right, according to him, in life, you know, as far as her health, you know. She tried to be very proactive to, to do the right thing, and... For instance, here's what he said. He said she slathered herself with with um, sunscreen every time she went out in the sun. She always covered herself in sunscreen, probably from head to toe, you know, any any part of her body that was exposed to the sun. So, you know, he thinks that's doing the right thing, but I disagree. And if I ever did use it, I... You know, it might have been like once or something in my entire life, I think. Um, or maybe if I use some kind of, you know, tanning oil or something like Hawaiian Tropic back in the day, you know, that has a tiny little bit of uh, sunscreen in it maybe. But, you know, I've never been one of these people that just would slather on the sunscreen, and I'm glad that I did not because I've always thought it was bad for you and that it causes cancer, and I, I do still believe that to this day, so... I wouldn't recommend doing that, but I think he said, you know, she took supplements that her doctor recommended, well, you know how that goes, um, and all this stuff, so she was trying to eat right and, and do all the right things, and she ended up getting three kinds of cancer, and I don't remember off the top of my head what those three cancer, you know, types were, but there were three types of cancer, and meanwhile, I don't know if it was her husband, but he said he had you know, the friend, another friend, or the same friend, or whatever, his dad just did whatever he wanted, and ate whatever he wanted his whole life, this, that, and the other, and he's just as healthy as can be, so he said that the mother of his friend said that if she had it to do over again, you know, she wouldn't have lived the way she did, and she would have just been, I guess, foot loose and fancy free, and did what she wanted, whatever, so, you know, I think there's a balance, you know, but... I don't think doing what your doctor necessarily tells you is going to, you know, be a good thing a lot of the time. And neither is slathering on the sunscreen and all this kind of stuff. So, but um, there, I think there are things good that you can do, which is what I try to tell you about on my show. So, all right, um, let's see. Oh, and also speaking of... If somebody wants to get sunburned, a good thing to do, I think, in addition to maybe, you know, you might, if depending on how burned, you know, if I got sunburned or something, I'd probably put, um, you know, coconut oil on. And, and I think coconut oil may even prevent getting sunburned, by the way. But that would be something I would put on if I got sunburned. And vitamin E oil, the good, really good, you know, type of vitamin E oil would be something to put on burns too, you know, that I would use, but it can be very sticky and, you know, it, I wouldn't want to try to put it on my entire body unless I was severely burned or something, you know, um, which I think could help greatly that in vitamin C. But another thing that can help with sunburns, depending on how bad they are, um, is apple cider vinegar. The kind with the mother, you know, that you hear me talk about, the the raw kind that's organic and all that, and in a glass bottle, so that can be applied to the 
to the sunburn and that will help you know, to take the itching and pain away and everything like that. And then coconut oil, like I said, would be a good thing to apply to the skin. For me, if I had that, I would do that. Okay, and then snoring, we're going to talk about next. While the snore wars are fought externally, snoring is really an internal problem, generally caused by the narrowing of the nasopharyngeal airway, such that turbulent airflow during relaxed breathing vibrates the soft parts of the oropharyngeal passage. That's when you kick someone or they kick you. I guess they're saying on an airplane or something. I don't know. That That's what happened to me on an airplane the last, or one of the last times I flew, which has been a long time ago. But, yeah, I think I had a kid behind me kicking my seat a lot of the way. It wasn't very fun. Um, and experiments to determine the effectiveness of the installation of MSM as a snoring reduction agent have been carried out with an initial sampling of 15 individuals with a known history of snoring. In each case, the subjects were instructed to instill approximately one half to one milliliter, which is equal to eight to 16 drops of the solution containing the MSM about 10 minutes to one hour before going to sleep. The observation of the presence or absence of snoring was made by the subject's mate. The observing party was not told that the subject was employing internasal MSM. The subject's mates reported the lessening or absence of snoring in 80% of the cases. Subsequent experiments using higher concentrations of MSM showed even more positive results. So he says, if you or someone you know snores, he would try the recommended daily dosage of 3,000 milligrams per day to determine if MSM can help everybody get a good night's sleep. And we're going to be right back, so don't go anywhere.
Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Doorbell. 
Welcome back to New World Order Info, and I'm Melissa Roxanne. You're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com, and you can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen to AVR. And I was reading uh, before the show, there was an article, I was trying to find it, but I was on the computer, you know, elsewhere, so... Of course, now I can't find the exact article, but they had a lot of, I thought, really good comments to that article that I would have liked to have read, but um, I couldn't find that exact one. Um, But it was about, the article is the same, I think, but I'm just not sure if the, maybe this is a, it's just named something else, but it was a Yahoo article, Yahoo News article, and this one, the headline's different, but it says, Tiny Nebraska Town Says No to 1,100 Jobs Citing Way of Life. And uh, the one that I had read said something about a meat processing plant in the title. Anyway, so I'll, I'll read this to you. It says, um, Nickerson, Nebraska, half-ton pickup trucks curb, crowd the curb outside the one-horse saloon, a neon Coors light sign in the window, and ribeye steaks on the menu. But otherwise, Nickerson, Nebraska, is nearly silent on a spring evening with only rumbling freight trains interrupting bird songs. Regional economic development officials thought it was the perfect spot for a chicken processing plant. 
that would liven up the 400-person town with 1,100 jobs, more than it had ever seen. When plans leaked out, though, there was no celebration, only furious opposition that culminated in residents packing the fire hall to complain the roads couldn't handle the truck traffic, the stench from the plant would be unbearable, and immigrants and out-of-towners would flood the area, overwhelming schools and changing the town's character. Everyone was against it, said Jackie Ladd, who has lived there for more than 30 years. How many jobs would it mean for people here? Not many. The village board unanimously voted against the proposed $300 million plant, and two weeks later, the company said they'd take their plant and money elsewhere. I would be like, yeah, well, don't let the door hit you, and you know what, you know? Uh, Deep-rooted rural agricultural communities around the U.S. are seeking economic investments to keep from shedding residents, but those very places face trade-offs that increasing numbers of those who oppose meat processing plants say threaten to burden their way of life and bring in outsiders. Maybe it's just an issue of the times in which we live, in which so many people want certain things, but they don't want the inconveniences that go with them, said Chris Young, executive director of the American Association of Meat Processors. Nickerson fought against Georgia-based Lincoln Premium Poultry, which wanted to process 1.6 million chickens a week for warehouse chain Costco. It was a similar story in Turlock, California, which turned down a hog processing plant last fall, and Port Arthur, Texas, where residents last week stopped a meat processing plant. So a lot of these places are saying, no, we don't want you here. There also were complaints this month about a huge hog processing plant planned in Mason City, Iowa, but the project has moved ahead. So it sounds like they're going to have that plant in Mason City, Iowa for processing hogs. The Nickerson plant, which is Nickerson, Nebraska, would have helped area farmers, they claim in this article, which Yahoo is a total commie state who mostly grow corn and soybeans, start up poultry operations, and buy locally grown grain for feed, said Willow Hollaback, who lives 40 miles away and heads an agriculture group that backed the proposal. When farmers are doing well, the towns are doing well, she said. The question of who would work the tough jobs was at the forefront of the debate, though many were adamant they aren't anti-immigrant. Opposition leader Randy Ruppert even announced, this is not about race, this is not about religion. But both were raised at the raucous April 4th meeting, where the local board rejected the plant. One speaker said he'd toured a chicken processing plant elsewhere and felt nervous because most of the workers were minorities. Read illegal invaders, no doubt. More overtly, John Weigert from nearby Fremont, where two meat processors employ many immigrants, illegal invaders, questioned whether Nickerson's plant would attract legal immigrants from Somalia, more than 1,000 of whom have moved to other Nebraska cities. 
for similar jobs along with people from Mexico, Central America, and Southeast Asia. Um, being a Christian, I don't want Somalis in here, Weigert, who has led efforts to deny rental housing to immigrants in the country illegally, told the crowd. They're of Muslim descent. I'm worried about the type of people this is going to attract. Others pointed out, given Nebraska's unemployment rate is among the nation's lowest, near 3%, few local residents would accept the entry-level jobs. While the projected wage of $13 to $17 an hour was above the region's current median wage for production workers, opponents argued meat processors generally have high turnover. We aren't against jobs, farmer John Shower said. We want clean, stable jobs. The land is flat and rich around Nickerson, which is a half mile off a narrow state highway about 30 miles from Omaha. The town's tidy but often faded single-story homes sit on large grassy lots. There's a small cluster of commercial buildings, most of them long shuttered, and a grain elevator. Its school was demolished more than a decade ago, leaving only the old playground, but residents take pride in the regional school district. Superintendent Jeremy Klein told the village board he worried new students would overwhelm local schools and that tax breaks would limit any extra money to hire more teachers. It's impossible to know what the size of that impact will be, Klein said days later. People seem to be more willing than in earlier eras to fight developments they think could harm the environment or change an area's character. University of Nebraska Lincoln economics professor Eric Thompson said, even if the development offers an economic boost, which the economic boost is non-existent to the actual people that live there because they're not going to take those jobs. It's just going to be the illegal invaders that they bring in, um, that they advertise the jobs to in Mexico or, you know, other places outside of our country, you know, um, and it's not going to benefit the town because they're going to cut those wages. You know, they're not going to keep paying them as much as they claimed they were going to. They're, the wages will go down, and all the illegals will come in. They'll be the ones that take the jobs. There's only 400 people in that town anyway, and they're claiming they're going to have, like, 1,100 jobs offered, or they were going to offer 1,100 jobs. But... Nobody in that town is interested in working in that chicken processing plant or doing that kind of hard, you know, labor, um, you know, and just disgusting type stuff. Actually, believe it or not, I used to work in a meat processing plant, so I know what it's like. But, um, you know, I barely even eat meat now. That was a long time ago. But uh, it wasn't even in a meat processing plant, really. It was in a grocery store, the meat, the meat department. So, you know, I had a similar type job, but I wrapped the meat. Um, and I was the only female, you know, that worked there. So, But now there's no way I would do that job. Um, anyway, so, but things have changed since when I was doing that, you know. And now it's just a bunch of illegals, and they come in and just destroy the towns that they do this to. So um, what happens is, according to a lot of other people that whose comments I read, who they had done this or tried to do it in their town or they'd done it in a town nearby, um, 
you know, it's they come in and they said, you know, one of them said that they they are good workers, the ones that they hire and stuff, but what happens is the druggies, the drug dealers come with them, you know, come from Mexico to, you know, try to cater, I guess, to all the illegals that are now in the town, and then there's prostitution that moves in and all this stuff. People are selling heroin, and, and there's murders happening that were the town had never... You know, couldn't even remember the last time somebody got murdered there, and on and on. So, these were the kind of comments that I was reading, and uh, and so they come in. They the towns usually attract them by telling them they won't have to pay taxes. They'll have you know so many years before they'll have to pay taxes, and you know then the the people that live there are the ones that are paying the property taxes. That's what's going to go to the roads they're going to have to put in and widen or whatever or redo the roads. And, you know, it's going to create problems because all those illegals with children, which most of them have, you know, and then they keep having more. And, you know, that's going to, yeah, that's going to give the schools money from the government. So they're, you know, sometimes interested in that. But... Then you got all these illegals that are not a lot of times, you know, they're getting paid under the table, so they're not even paying property taxes. And so they're, you know, putting all that on the people that live in the town that are paying the property taxes. They're the ones having to pay for those illegals, you know, the children's education. And they don't want to, they don't want to integrate. They don't want to be like us. They want to, they have their own culture. You know, and a lot of times that's not good. You know, they they drive drunk. They don't have license, you know. And I know I'm against really that too. But, I mean, they drive without insurance and stuff like that. And, you know, they, they have wrecks and they, they hit and run. And just all these problems that come with them. So, you know, you might want to go look for this article and read some of the I thought really good comments. This one is called Tiny Nebraska Town Says No to 1100 Jobs Sliding Weight of Life. And it's a Yahoo.com article, but it's from the Associated Press. And it came out May 2nd, 2016. And I'm going to see if I, can, if I can find some of these good uh, comments here. Let's see here. Um... Okay, yeah, all those jobs and growth may sound good. It will forever change the culture of the area. I used to live in a small country town until all the landowners sold all the land to developers and forever changed. The price to pay was the area went downhill, crime went way up, all the wrong people came, and it was no longer the safe place that you could just walk down the road and not have to worry about anything. And another says, first thing I thought of when I read the headline was because of the stench, and the second thing is because of the illegals. The stench is awful at these plants. The worst stench is the hogs. You can't breathe. The smell permeates your nose, even your tongue, and it takes forever to go away. At least it seems like it takes forever. You could be an hour past a plant, and the stench is still stuck in your nose. Um, but, you know, it's the fat cats. It's the politicians and people, you know, the lobbyists and all these people that bring in plants, you know, like these, and that they get paid off by the corporations and, you know, maybe the town officials or whatever, whoever it is, um, you know, they're the ones a lot of times that 
want these these corporations to come into the town, but more and more it seems like the people have awakened to the fact that they don't want this in their town. So, but it's sad that you know all of our industry has been destroyed and all of our jobs have been you know shipped to other countries. All of our you know factories and and ways of life we used to have. Um, manufacturing plants and everything like that now have moved to all these other countries because they can employ slave laborers, which now it sounds like they're 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 not exactly the same, you know, over here. But it makes our wages go down, which we all know, you know, when they hire illegals and and yeah, most people don't want to do those kind of jobs, like working in a a chicken processing plant. So that's why it is all illegal. So, but you know, yeah, they start out paying maybe 15 bucks an hour or they're claiming they're going to, but then in no time the wages are going to go down and turnover is going to be high. And another reason, you know, there's not going to be any unions because, you know, if they hired Americans, they would want to have unions and things like that. And these illegals, you know, they're making more money here than they could make in Mexico. And they're living five um, families to a, you know, a trailer or whatever it is, an apartment or whatever. And they said, too, I, I believe it was another place I read somebody was tech talking about in their town that they were planning on moving there, or it could have been this place, I forget which. But they were going to build this huge, huge trailer park, they said, as far as the eye could see, and just bring in a bunch of old trailers, and then they were going to charge $1,000 per bedroom to the illegals. You know, so this is the kind of thing that's going on. But, you know, I I don't, I really don't think they're ever going to stop bringing them over here or allowing them to come in and all that. Um, it's not going to change no matter who, you know, becomes president, who they select to be president or whatever. And I don't think usurpers going anywhere. But if, let's just say they put Trump in, I don't believe he would ever build a wall even if he really wanted to do it, they would never allow that to happen. And um, so I, I don't think anything is going to change. We know what the Bible tells us. And, you know, the New World Order, I don't think it's going anywhere. And so they're going to keep the borders wide open. They're going to keep allowing des these illegals to come in and commit all the crimes they do and get away with it. And, you know, more and more of our jobs are just going to go up in smoke because of that and because they just want to basically enslave people and it's just going to get worse and worse till the wages go to lower and lower and there's less and less jobs and you know I think something's going to happen probably so that usurper is going to say you know he has to call for martial law and uh, it could be the Muslims it could be like a false flag thing you know or something or you know, he could get the Muslims, which he's a Muslim himself, I do believe, and, you know, he could cause them to, or, or they could say, you know, we'll stir up, stir the pot, basically, to cause martial law to happen. That could be a way it could happen. You know, I don't know how it's going to happen, and, and I can't say for sure that it will, but these are great possibilities that I, I do believe he's not going anywhere. You know, all this is just a big show with the whole election selection process and all that. And 
it could be some kind of other, you know, thing they create. Um, I don't know. You know, they're using CERN, this uh, Hadron Collider. They could cause something to happen due to that. Um, they could cause some kind of huge disaster to happen. It could be a lot of different things that could, you know, he could use to say, I'm not going anywhere. You know, we're going to have to have martial law. Um, even if they don't declare martial law, I think they're going to do something, which I think they probably will declare martial law, but, you know, they're going to do something, I think, to where he is going to stay in office. And I don't know for how long, but I think he's not going anywhere. And he even he even said, I don't have the quote right in front of me, but I'm sure a lot of you have heard already at the White House Correspondence Center speech that he gave, he, he's talked about the end of the republic and how it never looked better. The end of the republic. We're in the last days. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Got a picture of your house. And standing by the door. Black and white and faded. And you look and pretty warm. She's a faction out of work. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 